Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 33, 34, and 35 of The Dragon Reborn. Within the Weave, A Different Dance, and The Falcon. Enjoy! Welcome to season three, episode 13. Um, we are moving back to Perrin this week, so I'm excited. Um, or as Ian pointed out, moving back to Loyal this week, which is even more exciting. <laughs> These are so, Loyal um, chapters. Yeah, they're Loyal chapters. But before we get into all of that, a uh, few housekeeping items. We do have two new patrons, so thank you. We have two T's, Matt um, is one, and Adam, just Adam. Um, hey. not sure. Thanks, yeah. guys. So thank you for your patronage. Um, we appreciate it. Um, and, and thank you to all our other patrons who are out there and we will continue to give you guys cool stuff <laughs> <laughs> such as live episodes and all that other stuff we do. Um, also we're approaching 50,000 downloads. So we're getting pretty close to that number. Oh, wow. And we're probably still about a week or two away, but, uh, it depends. Like it, some weeks it goes way up. Cause we get like a lot of listeners and then some weeks like no one listens to us. So I don't know. It just depends. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, take the blame for that. Sometimes I'm, you know, I'm hard exactly. to understand. I think a lot, I think a lot of it has to do with my social media presence. Like if I, if I plug it a whole lot and like really advertise it, then it goes way up. If I, if I'm lazy a week, then it, yeah, no, everybody forgets about us. So now we'll, I we'll keep, with that. It's all on yeah, you, Alan. Uh, uh, I'll take the blame. Um, so uh, let's see anything else. No big Twitter numbers are, I mean, the last one, big number we hit was a thousand, which was like a few weeks ago. We're at a thousand, almost at almost at 1200. So we're still growing. Oh, it's sweet, just, yeah. we're just not no, yeah, we're just at no major milestone. So maybe at 1500, maybe we'll do something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, and then we did, I did a contest. I forgot to mention that on our last recording. Um, I think I mentioned I was going to do one and then I forgot to do it last week. So I did on Twitter anyway. So we gave away a water bottle. We have one of those uh, tumblers. I guess you could use it for anything. You don't, just, you don't have to use it for water. Um, they look really nice. So like the stainless steel, I think, tumbler, like the, the polar camel cooler thing. I don't oh, know. Oh, wow. Like, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty yeah, cool. Um, but I already selected the winner, and that was Dark Maiden on Twitter. So nice. we had a lot of people uh, retweet and, and uh, like that. So we'll do more of those. Um, I probably won't. I'm, I'm going to do, I do giveaways every month, but not, they're not always on Twitter. So uh, next month, I don't think it's a Twitter giveaway. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about that next month when we get there. Um, and then for anything else, uh, location. Um, uh, there last week we did the UK and I actually changed that last minute because Rob was on, but I was going to do Nambia because we have, it's an African country. We have listeners in Nambia. And I don't know if that's related to Ian. Maybe that's Ian's friends over there. But, I've uh, heard of Nambia before. It's, 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 it's a, I mean, well, Ian was stationed over, uh, well, you were stationed over on the other side of the continent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, Nambia is on the West Coast. So a lot of the UK, the, the uh, British peace support team folks that I worked with, um, you know, they all went back, had some dwell time, and even with all this COVID stuff, their military is still de- uh, deploying and doing certain peace support operations. 
and uh, a bunch of them. I'm making up a number, but at least okay, one, two, three, four, at least five. That's at the low end. At least five of them are back on the African continent, uh, doing various trainings for female engagement teams and UN support missions in different parts of Africa. So it's possible that it's one of them. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to hmm. reach out to them and see where they're at. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, as far as anything else, predictions, um, get right into that. We've been right along tonight. Um, predictions. Um, I, these are some older ones. I just wanted to bring them back up. Not necessarily last week because they definitely have to do with these episodes or these, these, uh, these chapters. So, Rand will unite the Aiel. That was one. Um, I think Ian had said that several times. Um, number two, the Falcon and the Hawk from men's viewings are nations are, are have to do with nations. That was, uh, Chris's prediction that they were national flags are, are sigils. Um, three, the aisle in the cage was men's viewing. admit ran would be captured. Uh, that was another prediction you guys made. Um, and the South Harbor master needs to be Jack black in the show. That was, uh, that was one that I made, but that's a prediction that I'm going to predict right now that Jack black is going to be cast as the South Harbor master. First like pick it. a destiny, first pick a destiny moment. Um, or another or one the helmsman when, uh, um, Tom and, Matt first jump on. Yeah. I I, th- I think if he was steering the boat, that would also work. hundred uh, percent. So yeah, those are predictions. Um, going into personal life, um, went skiing last weekend, uh, which was <sighs> interesting. Um, it was fun. I, 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 I told my wife, my wife really, really wanted to go, to go like take my son skiing for his birthday. My son just turned three. I tried to explain to her that probably he was too young to ski because um, they're not teaching. They're not doing lessons uh, because of COVID right now. So it's kind of like you have to teach your own kid how to ski. And my wife doesn't ski. So I grew up skiing. I know how to ski. But my my wife just didn't didn't understand. Like it. it was just very challenging. Let's put it that way. Um, he, he, he wanted to just play in the snow, which was fine. Um, we just had to pay a ton of money for lift passes for him to go play in the snow. <laughs> so, <laughs> like that was, that was like, better uh, off going tubing and <laughs> well, he's not, he's not old enough to do the snow tubing yet. Um, oh, yeah. Gosh. You have to be, you have to be a certain height to do that, at least there. Um, so, but I mean, the plus side, I think he has some interest in doing it. You know, I mean, he was definitely interested. He just didn't want to listen to dad. Um, probably just cause he wanted to play in the snow. And he was so fascinated with ski poles. Um, you know, the whole thing, I was just gonna, I was just going to take him down and like hold him between my legs and like take him down the slope real slow, you know, to have fun. Um, and, but he just wanted to have poles and do other stuff. And I'm like, well, dude, I can't hold your hands if you have poles. He's like, well, I can just do it. I was like, no, you're three. You can't just do it. Like, <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> so, okay. Nemo's um, dad, chill out. Now, had he yeah, just no. done it, then we would have a prodigy on our hands. And then, <laughs> no, he would not have just done it. I've known my son too well. <laughs> so, um, Alan, I know you know this, but I'll throw it out there in case anybody listening is is a new parent. I learned early on, Econ 101, like, really came into play as a parent. The whole idea of a sunk cost, like, 
money spent, right? Like you've already mm-hmm. invested, you drove out there, you got whatever you're staying out there, you got the lift passes, all that jazz. Once that's done, mm-hmm. the goal, especially when your kids are that little, is to just have a good time. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's so what we like, doing. If, if so- it's, if it's play with the poles and sling a snowball, like memories are weird when they're that little. So oh, yeah. if you do the cool dad stuff that I see you do all the time with your kids, he's just going to be like, I can't wait till we go skiing again. Oh, Even though he didn't go skiing at all, he was just playing no, on no, a mountain. No. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and that's what we ended up doing. It was, I mean, it was fine. So I mean, like, yeah. we ended up just not. I mean, so I I ended up skiing like a few times just because my wife was just like, well, I'll play with him for a little bit if he's want to go on the slopes a few times. And I was like, sure. So Sweet. I went and went by myself down the slopes a few times, which is fine. I mean, so it wasn't cool. like I was. Which is usually what we end up doing anyway. Because the last few times my wife and I went skiing, like I signed up for a class and I just went and hit hit up the slopes. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'll see you in a little bit. Well, because I grew up skiing. So like we we went and skied all the time. Um, so I'm used to doing, I mean, I'm not like a professional or expert, you know, can do some crazy stuff or anything like that. But I mean, I've, I've done a black diamond, things like that. I, I don't do that anymore because I'm too out of practice. I don't go all the time. But yeah, fun times. Cool. So how about you guys? Personal life. What's going on? Uh, I've had this last week has been like a weird flashback to the beginning of COVID times for me. So I don't even remember what's happened since the last time we talked. Like I have no, what day is today? What today's ends with a Y ends with a Y. It's yeah. when, right. Okay. So like, I don't know, I guess that means nothing new is happening. No updates on the dating front other than I've made a couple of friends that are girls through these dating websites and we've become friends because all we do is like joke about how freaking ridiculous attempting to date right now is. And that's actually been really entertaining. So like good friend connections that's going on. Um, you had a birthday. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a birthday, and I did at some point chime in with that on Discord. I don't really if – I, if I have my kids with me, we'll, we'll celebrate the birthday thing. But other than that, I don't – it's never really – Happy belated birthday, sir. No, I appreciate you. Thank you. I, I've, um, I just never really get all that excited about it. I think the only reason I brought it up in Discord is because – I, I actually feel very privileged that my birthday is so close to some other really awesome people that are in our Discord. Um, so they were talking about their birthdays. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we're like birthday buddies. That's the only reason I brought it up. So, yeah, that's cool. it. And thanks for bearing with me in the last episode. Uh, you know, I talked to some of y'all about, <clears throat> uh, and, and you can hear it in the episode, when I reached the second bottle and it just, you know, poof. Uh, from my perspective, it got very interesting after that. But I, what, I wanted to make sure I could feel and understand where Tom was during those yeah. chapters. You know, you and like I agree. Yeah, I didn't want to be in the outside looking in. I wanted to get into that that last glass of wine that he shouldn't have had. I wanted to be there with him and experience those chapters. So it was it was, it was fun. Thanks guys. Thanks for being with you. You know, one one thing I will point out, you know, that was my first night drinking, being back on the on the old horse in over a month. And uh I I think I even going back and editing it, I held myself together pretty well considering I drank that whole entire, you know, I think it was a twenty two ounce uh Imperial. 
stout, and then I polished off half a bottle of rum. That is yeah. quite impressive. And I held it together for the recording. The after session when we went and hung out afterwards um, <laughs> was not the same. I, it was, I was it barely like once I stood up, I couldn't. I just almost fell down. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was fun yeah. though. I, I listened to it. It was. I was entertained. Oh, it was uh, entertaining. And, yeah, Chris, thank you for making solid points all the way through. You, you, you redeemed <laughs> you us because so. <laughs> we have fun. Yeah. yeah. And Chris, how about you? Oh, thank everybody for allowing me yet another opportunity to make a travel to Charlotte. Um, this will be one of my last travels for a little while because we got the news. It was really funny. So um, everybody knows I'm a teacher. I'm a new teacher. So we're sitting back and all of a sudden I get this email like, oh, Newport News Public School teachers are getting a bonus. I'm like, oh, well, this is awesome. We get a little bit of extra cash for all of our, all of our hard work. I'm like, what's the catch? Maybe four hours later, I get a phone call from a parent and then another phone call and a text message. I'm like, let me actually listen to these voicemails. And it's like, Hey, so what does it mean that we're coming back on March third? Like, what? What is? How are we going to be teaching? How are you guys going to be teaching our kids? And then my sister calls me, and she's like, "So, are you ready to go back to work?" I'm like, "Wait, what are you? What are you talking about? Like, I haven't heard this news, and I'm even in leadership in my building, heard nothing about it." They're like, "Well, yeah, your superintendent just put a phone call out to all parents." So as sly as they were at 5.59, our administrators in our superintendent's office sent the teachers an email saying that we're going to be going back to work soon, in-person learning, but then called all the parents to let them know. So, That's wonderful. And I <laughs> bet the email had like, 90% of it had nothing to do with, y'all are going back to teach in person. It was all this BS, mm -hmm. and then there was like one small sentence at the end, like, by the way, show, show up for work on Monday. Exactly. <laughs> it was like, you guys need to be at work in person Tuesday the 16th. Like, after your, your three-day weekend, be at work on the 16th. I'm like, wait, what? So, they told, you, so hmm. they told you you're getting the bonus first? They told us the bonus first. They threw that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They called mm -hmm. us. And then they send a letter on the low telling us we're going back to work. Yeah, cool. I'm not saying so like, I agree with what they did, but I, I respect their moves. Exactly. Like somebody, somebody planned this. They had a meeting to decide how they were going to make this happen. So, oh, yeah. So I've only had one job ever where I actually like got a bonus bonus. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked commissions, but you're still selling stuff and earning it. It's not just like, here's extra money. But there was a job I had when I was in college. Uh, one summer, I worked for uh, a plumbing distribution company called Ferguson Enterprises, and they're they're a nationwide plumbing distribution company. And I worked in the warehouse in the summer uh, during college. And they had a competition that if each warehouse did a certain amount of sales, you know, or whatever, then everyone, including the warehouse workers, would get a big Christmas bonus. Well, I had taken that semester off of school, so I worked all that semester and worked my ass off. And the last week before the contest or whatever ended, I went part-time because I went back to school. 
And they said, well, because you didn't work your full portion of the contest and you went part-time the last week, you're not eligible for the bonus. So wow. everyone else in my entire shop got, and I could have took vacation that week and I still would have been eligible because I have vacation time, but because I officially went part-time. So I got pissed and disgruntled, um, likely so. So I uh, drafted a, I complained about it to the manager and said, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, I, I went and found another job and was going to put my two weeks in. And I'll never forget the day I like was going to walk into my boss's office to tell him I'm quitting. And he's like, oh, I'm glad you're coming to my office. I'm actually going to talk to you. And I was like, okay, well, you go first. He's like, he's like, well, I talked to upper management. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give you your bonus. And I was like, sweet. I still quit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take the bonus. Something better. <laughs> I hope somebody on Discord during that story was posting memes about uh, Christmas vacation. Because that's, yeah. that's all I was thinking about during that. <laughs> Alan, yeah. So they gave, they gave uh, me the Alan bonus, but I still quit. I, I still accepted another job, so yeah. I was still deuces. <laughs> Thank you, Alan, for being a valued employee. Here is yeah. your discount code for 5% off of <laughs> Kohl's online shopping. <laughs> exactly. But we keep the it's, Kohl's cash if you get any, so. Store credit, store credit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's uh, all you get at, 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 the, at the point distribution store, so I can buy, yeah pipe <laughs> um so yeah so let's go ahead and move into this first chapter since we're doing three tonight um so chapter 33 within a weave and the symbol is the wheel of time symbol so the, the wheel and the serpent so nothing really crazy there but let's just start right into it so perrin moraine and loyal are all riding towards a new toward a new village called Riemann. They're still trying to chase down um, um, Rand and Land's been scouting ahead. Of course, you know, moving ahead of the group, you know, seeing what's going on. And I think it's, is it Riemann or Riemann? I don't know how they pronounce it in audiobooks or how you're supposed to pronounce it, but yeah, um, they're heading that way. And, and the first real scene is Perrin looking down and he notices footprints in stone, like, but they're dog's footprints. And says, that's weird. Dogs don't make footprints in stone. Um, and he thinks he smells like kind of this burnt, almost like sulfur smell in the air. Um, and he kind of just dismisses it and moves on. But I want to start there and, and see if you guys had any. Uh, okay. <laughs> see if you guys had any thoughts about that or, you know. And, and it's rather large. Yeah. So he and he makes he makes that point. And for, remember, for somebody parent size to appreciate largeness and something else i feel like that matters so this is a rather large hound print that he's looking at uh so this stone this is the paving stone from back in the day that has -hmm. been there for many 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 years that parts of it is kind of creeping up right some of it's exposed i guess right it used to be a paved road and over the years it's not been upcapped so it's you know like if you it's mostly a dirt road with some paving stones here and there. And the fact that like none of the prints were seen in the dirt anywhere around, it was just on the stone, right? Correct. I, okay. So I guess I just got the vibe that this is something from back in the day. Okay. Um, now that being said, there's plenty of things from back in the day, even um, parents woofiness 
uh, that's kind of more of a ancient, you know, beginning of creation type phenomenon thing. So maybe that's a hint to something we're going to run into. Okay. Protect the hellhound. Yeah, I. What's what's the three headed one protecting the gate to Hades? Oh, now you're gonna make me bring up the sea. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're you're there. Like, say it, Ian. You're right there. If I was, if I was actually Cerberus, Cerberus, Cerberus? If I was actually on my second bottle, I would start with the sound and then mumble, and everybody would be like, well, he probably knew what he was talking about, but um, anyways. His name is Fluffy. Fluffy. Fluffy's in Harry Potter book one. There you go. So what if, like, uh, this thing was released because of the horn being blown, and that's what was keeping the legends back, and now, anyways, I'm I'm bullshit. No, I I got the vibe it was something from back in the day that's being revealed. Okay. But uh, and 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 the smell of like burnt sulfur. I mean he thinks it's just children playing with fireworks. Or maybe a eliminator came through. I'm gonna stick with hellhounds. That's stick with hellhounds. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going with. Some Especially when you add the sulfur smell. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the track of Rand, so something dark on on Rand's trail. Mm. You know, you got Rand ahead of the Hellhound, which is ahead of Hare and the Hound. Well, remember there were dogs that attacked Rand. Remember a few chapters back where he yes. said, "I'm no easy meat." It's um, those dogs. Yeah, yeah. and there, and the whole time dogs. they've been on the trail after coming down from the mountain, Perrin has made it a. He's mentioned when we've had his perspective, um, some sort of ridiculous smell that is just through the roof nasty. Uh, in yeah. these areas where there's evidence that Rand has been. And I'm not getting the vibe that it's Rand that he's smelling, rather what it is that's chasing Rand. Yeah. I like the hellhound. I don't know why I don't know why I didn't think of that, but once you said it, that some version yeah. of that that clicks. But clearly I could be wrong. I mean, there's two predictions here that we just like can't be right all the time um so you know uh, also his parents thinking about his dreams as well during all this and uh you know can't get get it out of his head about hopper attacking him in one of his dreams and he's been pretty good about keeping the wolves out of his head at this point so he's been trying to keep them he's been kind of denying his wolf powers and, and not talking to them and pushing them away uh just because of you know he's troubled by all of it you know Especially since leaving Jara and seeing um, the guy, and then having that dream where Hopper attacked. Well, it's him. not like he's even keeping him out of his out of his head. He's just not even sleeping at all. Loyal makes the point. I don't why you, I don't see why you can't sleep. I'm so tired. By the time she lets this half halts for the night, I fall asleep before I can lie down. So mm-hmm. he's literally keeping himself awake to keep the wolves at bay. So the, he's more than just denying himself his wolfish fevers, if you want to call it that. He is denying himself the right to sleep in general, which I don't know how he's surviving. Yeah. Um, that'll turn you crazy real fast. I've I've yeah. done over three days without heavy drug induction. It, it was just busyness plus caffeine. Normally, Normally a three-day bender is... Most people, you got to involve some heavy stuff for that. But I've done it, and you will lose your mind 
in the day three zone of not getting I don't even quality know what that sleep. Looks we, like. Week before finals, the cram week, yeah. Because I would cram like crazy the week before and then pass out for like three days and then wake up and take my finals. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would just slack off the entire semester, so I had to learn the entire semester for the stuff in like three days. It was tough. But I'd do it. <laughs> my, mine was the city hopping up and down the coast with my Polish girlfriend that was getting ready to go back uh, to yeah. Poland. And like, it was obvious she was trying to do the green card move, but you know, I was mm-hmm. still in college and like it, that wasn't going to happen, but also like, I didn't want to waste any of that time sleeping. I knew I would not see her again. Uh, and it was your a great mom time, was so. so mad. She didn't tell her that you left. Oh I yeah. Never... You probably knew more than me. She called everybody trying to figure she out. Called where everybody I was. Was like, where's Ian? I was like, I don't know. He met a girl and left. And we well, don't know I, I took her truck. <laughs> I took, I took her truck also. So she was really freaking out. I left my Mustang, which if you remember at that point, it was the old hatchback, so it had uh, that uh, I had the sound system in it with the twelve inch subwoofer in the back of the hatch, which for that car was more than enough, right? And she didn't know how to turn it off. <laughs> so every time she tried to listen to her music, any bass line would just rattle the fucking windows. <laughs> so yeah, she was she was ready for me to get back. I forgot about that part. Oh yeah, well, you met her like so you met her like the week before. Yeah. Like, so if I remember we correctly, that was like was, college. Yeah. You, you met her and she was a foreign, and she wasn't a foreign student. She was like one of those foreign workers in Williamsburg and she worked at a grocery store. You went to like the grocery yeah. store. I remember this now. And you it was, you Wal- it was Walmart. Check- it was Walmart. The checkout line. And you're like, let's go on a date. And she's like, sure. And like the next week you disappeared with her. And we're like, what happened? <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. I'm so much more smooth than this. So I, I got in her line because she was cute. And then when I got up uh, to check out and she does her little exchange, like, how are you? Did you find everything okay? Her English was horrible. It was so bad. The accent was so fucking amazing, though. And I was like, oh, my goodness, where are you from? And she did the I'm from Poland. I was like, wow, cool. What are you doing here? But we had to make it quick because the guy behind me was like, oh, my gosh, I only have two things. And I just want to check out and leave. So... Short conversation. Well, Alan, if you remember, you and I both had a friend from the sailing team there at William & Mary who spoke Polish. Yes. So I got him to teach me in Polish how to say, you have the most beautiful blue eyes I've ever seen, which she did. They were amazing. Um, And I don't ask me to say it now. Slavic languages are so freaking impossibly hard. They put 10 consonants in a row, and you're supposed to make a noise with that. I just... I don't even know how to do that. So I spent <laughs> literally a week. I studied harder on this line than I did for any exam ever in all of college. And I went back to that Walmart and actually it took a couple trips to kind of scout it out until I saw she was there again. Then I was like, oh, I got to go buy something. And just, I picked up some something stupid, went to check out. There was a little bit of banter and then I dropped it in perfect, horribly jacked up american version of polish you have the most beautiful blue eyes ever and like she almost got teary-eyed and she was like oh my gosh i didn't know you know polish i was like no i spent the last week trying to learn that so yeah then we started hanging out quite a bit and And then took off right right. and well yeah and then left (laughs) and then sleep for three days Uh, so back to what we were talking about (laughs) she said she had to go back to poland and I was like, what are you going to do before then? And she was like, I don't know. I like, I can't decide. I wanted to go to New York. I wanted to go to Philadelphia. 
want to do this. I want to do DC. And I was like, well, you got six days. We can do them all. Let's go. And, and we left. And did. Cool. So, yeah. So speaking of traveling, um, these, the group has been traveling through all these different cities. And they know Rand's been there because, yeah, Tavirin. Um, there's <laughs> just signs everywhere. Um, so... I mean, not just necessarily good things. Like back in Jara, there was all the weddings. You know, we talked about that when we got there. But then after that, they went to one village that had been burnt down to the ground. Like every single I building thought. had basically exploded into other buildings and burnt down to the ground. Uh, and then there's another village where all the, you know, the uh, water had come back. And then other ones where the wells had dried up. And other ones where some guy found a bag of coins, you know, that made them all rich. But it was all Manetheran coins. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, they go through this, this, you know, all these different and the crops failed on one and, and parents kind of going through this, like how, you know, Rand's not evil. Why are evil things happening? Well, it's good things. And, and Lance kind of like, it's just random, like random things happen, but it's because of Tavir and they're happening. It's just, it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just things are happening. So I have to, I have to read this one part because I guess you are going to judge me for saying this, but this is the funniest freaking thing I have read in all of these books so far. It says, uh, well, and I'll butcher, uh, butcher the first word, obviously. Uh, bedraggled, bedraggled townspeople said a lantern dropped in a barn had started it. The fire, that is. And then the fire seemed to run wild and everything went wrong. Half the buckets that could be found had holes in them. Every last burning wall had fallen outward instead of in. Setting houses to either side alike. Flaming timbers from the inn had somehow tumbled as far as the main well in the square so no one could draw more water from it to fight the fires. And houses had fallen right on top of the other three wells. Even the wind had seemed to shift, fanning the flames in every direction. As I like, As I'm reading this little bit, there's always in a town like that, there's always some like slightly older person that's a little bit antisocial, but not totally antisocial. So like they're still out and about, but they don't really talk to people to hang out off to the side, maybe sitting on a bench or something. So as I read this blip, I'm reading it from the perspective of that guy that isn't really affected by any of this shit, but he's watching it all happen. He's and he's like just sitting there and he's like, <laughs> yep, yeah, he's like. Damn that his rocket chair. <laughs> yeah. That building's on fire and he sees somebody go to grab a bucket and he's like and he watches them like trip and fall on their face. Hole in the bucket. Hole in the bucket yeah. And he just laughs and just everything <laughs> falling apart. Uh, I died laughing. I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I am a horrible person. An entire village is ash right now, and I'm sitting here going, Oh god, that's great. Jordan, you you mm. comedian you. Yeah, oh. to to veer it. Oh. Yeah, so to veer it. Um, so what do you guys think about all this? Like, I mean, obviously that that it's a really cool first description, but all these different events happening. I mean, obviously, it, it's obviously, you know, the the villages are being affected. I mean, every single village they go to, something weirds happened, and that's it can't be just coincidence because it's too strange of things. Um. That whole thought, that town burning and the wells failing, and that is evil, Moraine. I cannot believe Moran is evil. The pattern may be shaping itself around him, 
but how can the pattern be that evil? It makes no sense, and things have to make sense. If you make a tool with no sense to it, it's wasted metal. The pattern wouldn't make waste. I I feel that like so I think that's like kind of off topic on topic being a Christian and thinking about God and thinking about the things that happen in the world I think that's the biggest or the hardest part about being a believer of any religion really unless you're a believer in some form of evil God is that how can an almighty all-knowing all-powerful being that you pray for good things to happen from allow evil things to happen to you and I mean, here is Perrin kind of going through that same paradigm of like, how can the pattern allow for bad things to occur? Or excuse me, I think that's the the statement that I, I want to make. The it's how can the pattern make bad things happen when it's more or less the pattern's just allowing bad things to happen because in every moment there's a purpose, and so as humans trying to grasp this idea that there is a right or a wrong, there's always got to be a rhyme or reason to what happens. It's very difficult for us to accept that what we may think is right or wrong may be for the complete opposite reason, or it may just be because it's been willed to happen. Yeah. I think Moraine describes it as balance. Yeah. Like that, that there has to be a balance between the two. So, yes, but if we're going down the philosophical realm, and I totally feel everything you said, Chris, 100%. Uh, in, in my own path, in my life, like, I go back and forth constantly between the uh, wanting to be able to control what happens to me and also understanding that sometimes shit is random and you can't, and there's a there's a balance to that. I get that. But the thing about... What Moraine explains, what stood out to me wasn't the balance part. It was her reassuring him that the creator is good. But then says that the pattern is neither good nor evil. Meeting, it just is. So Mm -hmm. that could mean all sorts of things. It could mean the, the, the pattern, however you want to describe it physically, pre-existed the creator or exist outside of the control of the creator because if the creator is good 100% good then wouldn't the creator just have good shit happening all the time and every time the pattern was I, I don't know but like the the fact that you have a balance of good and evil within the pattern I don't know nope I just negated that because well gosh I don't know Here's now I'm questioning my own faith. Holy if, cow, that happened quick. <laughs> if you're looking at it, though, if the pattern is neither good nor evil, and it just flows, and it it is, then what is the taint? Mm, and like, oh, how, the dark ones touch. But how can it impact something that just is? Like, if the creator isn't able to manipulate, or maybe the creator can and is choosing not to manipulate, or maybe that's what Taviran really is. It's like the creator's answer to the Dark One's touch. 
So it's like the creator's adding a dash of like good in with the bad or something, but yeah. So so far the taint, the vibe I'm getting, and that's all I could give because we don't know, right? The the taint is because somewhere at some point somebody tried to be clever and they overreached and they they stretched the boundaries a little bit further than should have been. Something broke, something snapped. Uh, something was made out of order because of misuse. Hmm. You know, it's, it's like the urinal that you, you kick the handle too many times because you don't want to touch it. And well, now it just won't stop flushing and shit spewing everywhere. Well, and that's like parents' illusion in general, or literally, it's that the pattern is like a tool or the pattern creates tools to be used. And it's like it, everything has to serve a purpose. So I think that's probably one of the bigger reasons why Perrin has a hard time grasping what he's becoming is because he doesn't see a purpose behind or for this power. It is hard moving forward for some people, I guess. I'll, I'll say for me, maybe I'm the only one in Perrin. It is hard moving forward when you don't understand the why. If my brain can't, I don't even need, I don't even a hundred percent need to know the why and understand the purpose, but I got to have some inkling of it. You know, the, the thought Mm -hmm. of shit being just random and, you know, you work hard, you do this, you do all the right things you were told you're supposed to do. And, but the results are random. Maybe shit works out. Maybe you're okay. Like that, that's scary to me. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I feel him on yeah. this, and I love his outlook, and I hope what he thinks about the pattern is true, or or at least at some point they are Tavirian folks have the ability to affect it in a in a in a positive way. But yeah. if this whole book is just random stuff happening to them, and they really had no control, I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, so they get finally to this village, um, and the village has had a couple of eventful days, a day or two of had eventful. Um, um, so they, they ride in and notice a couple of things are strange. One, there is an Aiel man in a cage in the middle of the t- town square. And, they notice a man. Um, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. They notice a man yeah. in a cage. And sure. It's, well, it's parents' point of view, so I'm sure... Moraine is smart enough, and even uh, Lan, they probably know right off the bat. But from our perspective, right. Perrin doesn't know right off the bat. Right off the bat, it's a man. He's yeah. trying to figure it out, though. Recognizes that there's a man yeah. that looks oddly familiar. Yeah, he feels like he should know. Right, and kids are throwing stones at him, and the guy and the guy in the cage is just taking it, like not even really flinching or even. Like not even showing any kind of reaction at all to it, just sitting there. Uh, and it actually disgusts um, um, Perrin a lot. Like he, you know, feels like he should do something about this, but obviously it's not his place, and feels like this is wrong. But they they move on and they go to the the Waylands Forge, which is the the name of the. the would inn. you would you stop? Okay, just back up a little bit. Sure, go for it. So. <clears throat> All right, for those of you who aren't, um, you know, in, engaged very much in our Discord, 
we mentioned it early on, or Alan did, that these were parent chapters. And I think what he meant by that was we're getting parent perspective chapters. But I corrected him and I said, these are not parent chapters, they're loyal chapters. And we just keep skipping over all the good loyal stuff. Okay. So Perrin, so can- inside of his head, in his mind, in his thoughts, was thinking how messed up this is. But who was bold enough to speak out? Loyal. Loyal. Loyal spoke up. Loyal said that was wrong. Those kids, they should not be doing that. The, the, the adults should not be letting those kids do it. Loyal was the one who was bold. It's one thing to have convictions to think something, and I don't want to discredit that. But to have mm-hmm. convictions so strong that you'll speak up is that that's something Should else. So that was a that was a loyal moment. I love yes. I love Perrin at this point, but that was a loyal moment. <laughs> sure. Sorry. Yeah, and you're correct. It was. Just, and loyal oh, did speak sh- up about it. I think that's a sure. He gave a full affirmative there, Chris. Did you hear that? He said you're correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you are correct. <laughs> Good thing it was recorded. Holy cow. <laughs> you can replay it. <laughs> I'm going to close my book and just be quiet now. I've, I have nothing We're left done. to accomplish tonight. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, um, they get to the inn, and the innkeeper is surprised that there's an oak gear with him. He's really excited about it because he actually has oak gear furniture. So, he's like, oh, you can get out of the attic and, you know, tells him to go grab all the the, the oak gear bed down. And, um, and they're super, super excited. And they learn a little bit about who's all there, um, you know, in this opening scene. Um, Land's already been there before, so um, using his disguise, I think it's Master Andra again, um, and, um, you know, using different names. But um, he had already reserved a room for them, but they kind of find out that there's a few men there that are hunters of the horn, and they're the ones who had come, and they had fought 20 Aiel men and had killed all of them and able to capture one in our, and, you know, how many was it one or two escaped or something like that it's this crazy story that he was going on telling and apparently he had some wounds as well but he was going on um you know and he was yelling for the the healer and all this other stuff but he was kind of this asshole type of character <laughs> but yeah um so let's talk about this whole scene well first did we ever find out why they were in festive clothing I was I was curious the same the same thing because I underlined it but I never really came back to it. Is it just because they're so excited about having the the hunters there? Like they seem to make a big deal about the hunters being their period, but then having mm-hmm. the hunters that and I'm air quotes folks uh, killed and attacked and overcame these Iomen because they're so brave. Um, the combination of the hunters and and taking out the Iomen was really the only thing I could come up with here that... Yeah, it doesn't mention anything else. They'd be super proper about yeah. and And maybe they just honor that the Hunters of Horn are coming to their village because it's, it's a big deal in yeah. any land, especially small Poduck, you know, um, right. uh, village, uh, to have the Hunters of the Horn come through. Yeah. Because they're kind of revered as heroes, you know. Whenever there's a call for the hunt, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's tales that are written about these hunters. So... It's, it's a big deal when they come to your little town. Well, yeah, they kind of made a big deal about it all. It's like having Master Android, having an O'Gear, just as you say, not that I should doubt, of course, not with all that's happened. And never your word, Master, why not an O'Gear? 
a ah friend oh dear to have you in the house gives me more pleasure than you could know tis a fine thing and a fitting cap to it all so what i i guess i mean it makes it seem like there's a whole lot more than just the capture of the ioman so i guess that those hunters being there is such a huge deal or even more has happened in town that we haven't quite heard about yet that maybe will be discussed later but can i say this chris and alan i know no fuck it i'm gonna tell the story so when i was stationed in germany uh, I was living in the barracks and I was single and I linked up with a group of guys that agreed with me. Like they didn't have a significant others, anything like that. We are like, if we go back home after being stationed here and we take any amount of money with us, we messed up. We should spend everything, enjoy every minute, travel, just squeeze everything we can out of this. Well, right off the bat, we went to all the, you know, touristy places that you think to go to. And after a month of that, we were like, guys, we... We need to branch out. Uh, so we're like, let's go into Eastern Europe. And we picked this obscure place in Eastern Europe, hopped on a train, and we were getting ready to go. Well, fate intervened, and somebody, I won't name names, but somebody got so drunk and belligerent that we got kicked off the train. Uh, it was wor- it was World Cup, by the way, and I might have been arguing with the, the Japanese about the Croatians like because they had a match in Nuremberg and it got really intense. And anyways, got kicked off the train. It was me. And (laughs) we're in this borderland town, middle of nowhere. I don't don't remember what it was called. We called it our town. By the time we left, we were stuck there. When we got off the first store we got to, we, we asked in our worst German, like when the next train is. And he was like, uh, in about four days, uh, apparently trains don't stop there very often. And, um, there was five of us there. We had the time of our life. Uh, we could get in more details later, bonus episode or whatever. But when I say that on our last day there, the town threw a parade for us, I am not making that shit up. Uh, because nothing, nothing happened in that town. Ever. It, it was you, so remember, simple. Uh, if, even here in America, um, the time where Ian and I took a boat down North Carolina, we stopped this little tiny town in North Carolina that yeah. never gets travelers. It's not near the interstate. It's not near a major highway. It's in the middle of nowhere, and it had a little dock, and it was up a river. Um, and boaters with money don't go there. And yeah, no one goes it's there. It's not a and, destination. And we get there and we pull up and within 15 minutes, a, a welcoming committee from the township comes down with tote bags for all of us. That's and right. Gives us like this, like huge welcome to their town. And like, I was like, did you do this for all sailors? He goes, yeah, you're the only ones we've had for the last 20 years. You're the oh, first visitors wow. we've had. And we're like, that's cool. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we, we set money aside for this four years ago and it just yeah. happened. It just happened. So I almost forgot about that. Welcome to our town. And we're like, we're like, cool. It's like, yeah, here's a coupon for free ice cream at the local ice cream shop. We're like, this is kind of cool. You gotta find more places like that to sail into. Yeah. Yeah. But I uh, I guess my point being like it wasn't I question it the same way you did, Chris, but it's also not crazy for me to think that maybe it's a small enough town that just 
the fact that something happened here. The hunter showed up. Not only that, but there's an actual Ioman sitting out there in a cage. Like, that's... This is a story these folks can tell for the next 10 to 20 years before something else exciting happens. It's, mm-hmm. it's, that's one possible way. Right. So, so yeah. So, yeah. So, they, they, they get the whole story about from these guys about what happened. Land doesn't appear to believe any of the story. He's kind of like, 12 of you fought 20 ideal? Sure. <laughs> He's like, I fought ideal before. There's no way. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and, and yeah, they, they, cause probably cause you know, land knows that Ayala are such good fighters and you know, these guys don't look like they could have matched up to that. Um, and, and parent at this point is reminded of men's viewing of the ideal man in the cage being a turning point in his life. Yeah. That's what men, men had told him. Um, he, did, he didn't know why. Go ahead and rub it in, like, Alan. This is this is your chance. Uh, yeah, I know. Sure. You told me I was right earlier, yeah, yeah. so now balance it out with. Yeah, you, you guys are so wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, Rand could still be captured and put in a cage. He was technically captured and put in a cage ish. Oh yeah, well, Rand de- definitely can be captured. That's yeah. that, that can't happen. I mean, but... he he already was. Like we we saw it once already. Hmm. Oh like, yeah. So who knows? Yeah. So maybe this is just another instance, but this is the one that actually involves parents. So yeah. But I have to add this because we always comment on not just the characters and the story itself, but uh, the the perspective that Jordan kind of forces you into. Um, and we talk about Lan, kind of sarcastically calling bullshit. We're making comments about the, oh, so, you, you know, this many of your men and that many of the IL. Hmm. Interesting, nudge and wink, right? But from a reader perspective, the moment we started getting any information from the innkeeper. We were thinking the same thing. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. We were like, calling it. Because we had an interaction with one single IL man. Where everybody in, in, I say our party, but the party we were traveling with in the story, everybody, and in that group, we have some pretty solid fighters. Everybody who knows anything about these IO men were like, holy shit, there's one of them. There's not enough of us. What do we do, right? And even when they ran into the IO women in the, um, oh my gosh, I almost said the Shire, the Steading. (laughs) (laughs) Two IO women... And our group was like, holy shit, it's about to go down. We don't have enough people because of two IO women. And then you're like, we're supposed to believe that this dude uh, and just a couple of his guys whipped up. What was the number he threw out there first? 20? 30? 20, yeah. Some insane number. Yeah. From the reader perspective, uh, I'm, I'll speak for Chris because I kind of heard him in the background give the nod. We called bullshit. Exactly. And if there's anybody out there that's listening that in your first read didn't call BS the moment you heard this, um, you know what happens? Sometimes we skip over important bits of information. I'm guilty of it. Um, you know, hopefully you caught it on your second read. In my mind, the minute I read this, the story flooded my mind. It's wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Iron Man was going to admit that they got caught off guard sleeping by 20 men they killed the majority of them injured many 
he got captured. Like that was a story that made more sense in my mind, right off mm-hmm. the bat. So that's the only way. Other than the only other thing I was thinking of was careful. This guy got caught on purpose. That was the mm-hmm. other. Yep, that was the other thought. Like he's those are the only explanations right now. There's no. Right. Yeah. So one clarification that people are wanting to know in chat: When did Rand get captured? Uh, when we saw the um, trials. The trials. Yes. Well, that's future or... Rand, but it was still after. Okay, so in 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 Egwene's testing, <laughs> gotcha. To save myself. <laughs> well, we say future, but it you know maybe it's okay. a current, but in a different plane. Gotcha. It's... Yeah. Okay. So Rand, Rand was yeah he was in cha- chains and captured and he, was, he just wasn't in a cage. So you know, a cage could just be a metaphor for captured. I'm trying to okay. save myself here. Like throw me. Yeah. Real life rap. <laughs> no, hey, Chris, I was picking up what you're putting down. It's uh, all all things are still possible until we read the last page of the last book. There is so much that is possible here. I mentioned this the moment we went through the stones and did the flicker stuff. I made a comment about how much that screwed us up as readers, and and yeah. how much it really screwed Chris and I up probably every reader about being able to predict about what's going to happen because kind of mm-hmm. that sci-fi twist that happened that we were given all these different possibilities, man, this until we read the last word, nothing is for sure. So. Yeah. We'll get to that part too at the end. Yeah. One of these days. Boom. One of the day. One, one of these days. Yeah. Um. So. You know, the other thing that they mentioned is like, well, uh, I think they asked Lord Orban, who's the, the hunter of the horn. They asked him, you know, like, well, if some fled, why didn't you go after and chase him? Because, oh, the white cloaks were here. They went after him, even though they're not any good. They're not going to find them. And yeah, because they, they got this new thing where they hide their dead. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> and, their and, new, it's a new thing they do. It's a new thing they do. Yeah. And, 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 and but parent, parent immediately gets super nervous, like, wait, white cloaks are here? Oh crap! Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, so parents get super nervous, and he's like, "All right, let's let's go let's go to our rooms now." And 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 Moraine kind of cuts in right away. It's like, "Show us to our rooms. Like we're done here." And he's like, "What?" And he's like, "No, no, to our rooms." And as they're leaving, parent parent kind of scans the room one last time, and everyone's kind of minding their own business except for this one young girl just staring at him. And that's how we end the chapter. Well, 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 <laughs> I've been searching. I love that you went straight to that because I kid you not, if you would have paused for another half a second, I was about to break into that. That's that's the only way to end it. Just for a second, I thought there was like a landfill. And it was like, no, 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 no. That she's not beautiful enough. Easy. Different kind of beauty. Yeah. That that hidden beauty. Look, we've that's all met her. That girl that throws on sweatpants and that five year old hoodie that's all beat up, no makeup, her hair's all messed up, and she's still just man. She'll go shoot guns with you. She might outrun you around the track. She, <laughs> she could throw a right hook like whoa, but god damn, she is hot. <laughs> that's the vibes of, anyways we'll get into that but that's the vibes I'm getting yeah. from this girl she don't need lipstick to be sexy 
Land Fair. Yeah. She's trying to, she got that perfume yeah. and stuff. She, this this girl ain't rocking perfume. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Anything we missed or anything we uh, want to cover from this chapter before we move on? I just think the um, nervousness that Perrin had when he really paid attention to the fact that men's predictions were coming true mm-hmm. is something that we really need to focus on since literally we get like this snowball effect of her predictions hitting him at one time. And mm-hmm. then it makes me want to go back and actually reread, which is probably the first time I've said that since we started <laughs> reading. I'm like, I don't remember all the predictions anymore. So now I'm like, I need to go back and actually look at the the men predictions again. And it's still- the, yeah, it's the chapter. Um, it's got the lion, the lion, the stag, and eye of the world. So if you want to look up, that. yeah, yeah, I'm like, I, I may actually have to go back and reread just because I now want to know how many we've gotten through. Yeah, yeah, we've heard a little bit of the land stuff. I was. On the same page, I was thinking about going back because the nature of our characters, it's possible because Matt is who Matt is, um, that we've had some revelation about some of her thoughts about Matt, but it wasn't obvious because Matt didn't reflect on it. But the type of character that Perrin is, and especially the time he spent with Min, his relationship with her... Any little thing that comes up, he's going to think about it. And we're going to hear about what he's thinking about because he thinks about shit way too much. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to and just, and touch on that. It, and someone did want to point out, so men's viewings happen twice. She mentioned them the exact same ones twice. So once in Eye of the World when they first meet men and he's talk, she's talking to Rand and she gives all the predictions to Rand. And then again in the very beginning of The Great Hunt when they're all in the camp and she talks to Perrin and yeah. tells about the same same predictions again at least his predictions right which might be why we get that emphasis from Perrin Perrin has been really Mm -hmm. nervous anxious nervous he's got emotions about her viewings about him like he didn't want them but then he got them and now his thing pops up he doesn't know how to interpret it and he's freaking out so he's definitely thinking about it a lot yeah anything else we're uh Alan, sign me up for a bonus episode for these chapters from the loyal perspective. Like I had every okay. intention of interrupting this entire podcast to make it a loyal heavy <laughs> because it can be. God, there's so it much good be. loyalness in yes. this chapter alone. <laughs> when this dude is a mile behind about to lose the whole group because he's on horseback reading a fucking book. Get out of here. I love this guy. <laughs> this is a it's just beautiful. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So I I, um, I I owe y'all bonus on loyal perspective of these chapters. It is so good. Trust me. I have good thoughts. We're going to do it we soon. We read in a loyal voice too. And and also, thank you, Zul. It's not The Great Hunt. It's in the beginning of this book, The Dragon Reborn, when men and parent talk. Not What book are we on? This is, we're still in. This, yeah, is still, this is still March 2020. None of us know what we're doing. Yeah. No, no. Where we, what day of the week it is. Exactly. We're lost. Exactly. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out one day. All right, moving on to chapter thirty-four, a different dance, and the same icon again, just the wheel time symbol. Looks like they got tired of drawing symbols. Yeah, you know? they, they got tired of symbols, so they just uh, yeah, they just exactly. I think actually the next chapter does have a different symbol. Yeah, it does. So finally get a different symbol. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, um, 
so yeah we we get into a different dance um which which i like the name of this chapter just because of what uh when ideal calls dancing uh we've seen this before because it's beautiful because you know when we first met or we met at Aiel back in the great hunt when there was Varen and Perrin and um i think matt and uh, ran was in the portal world at this point and they met that Aiel on the long along the road and you know said you know do you want to dance you know i dance with your lightnings i said i yeah so anyway so we get started right here in this chapter um with the innkeeper uh leading them to their rooms so right where we left off um he mentions that someone's proclaiming the dragon in Gilladon and Moraine is really, really upset about this. Like visibly, she's like, what do you mean? Another false dragon? There shouldn't be another false dragon. Like <laughs> almost giving herself away. She's like, there's another one in Gilladon. There shouldn't be. What, what are you talking about? She goes, well, no, there's not a new dragon. It's the same one from Toman head or Aaron Demet or wherever it is over there. Just some guy like caught himself. The, he was like a prophet or something like that. You know, he's preaching about his coming and, you know, and like, oh, it's, it's fucking Masima. <laughs> so, Chris, I'm going to need you to support me on this, okay? <clears throat> because I rambled a bit. I remember I was remem- rambling back then, but when Alan brings up predictions, he might give us a little bit of love, but then he'll dump on us a bunch. But I distinctly remember talking about how Messina is going to be a problem uh-huh. and zealots like this cause problems. And you, I know Alan, you focused on me saying yes. this is how something like the white cloaks get started, mm-hmm. but I didn't mean he started the white cloaks. It was a, a zealot type organization like that. That's how it starts. Somebody, it, it might be based in some sort of truth and Maybe originally, for a brief second, he latched onto something that was—I don't even want to say good, but accurate. But they just ran in the wrong fucking direction with it, and this guy's going to be a problem. So, do you yeah, think he's like the beginning of of Rand's following, like cult? Is there going to be a Rand yeah. cult? Maybe, it, uh, but it's going to be fed with misinformation. Now, I mean, the pattern being what it is, maybe this is necessary and that it it causes a distraction for people to do what they need to do. But this guy's this guy's wild. He's in Nana land like he is so touched in a very special way. That's (laughs) problems. Yeah, Yeah. I feel Moraine here with the mumbling slash. I'm just. I'm going to just choke him out next time we see him. Make a note of that. Put it in the notebook. (laughs) Put it on my to-do list, please. Choke a motherfucker out. She's she's, she's pissed about it. Uh, (laughs) And she like storms into her room like angry and like, I'm going to bed. Like, screw you guys. I'm leaving. (laughs) Uh, Screw you guys. I'm going home. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so um yeah and, and uh innkeeper furlon furlan furlon um shows them to their rooms and and Perrin just goes to unpacking and he has a lot on his mind you know he's thinking about the girl downstairs in the common room he's thinking about the eye on the cage and then as he's going through all these deep thoughts and kind of trying to figure things out like Perrin does deep in thought loyal busts the door like super excited like a kid in christmas like dude dude but you gotta see my bed like, th- th- dude, they got sung wood. <laughs> Before we go on, though, I like the statement, even the beast will fight for the dragon. Like, thinking about um, 
when the wolves and, came in the wolves and all of that but you know i was thinking didn't we have like a, a premonition or a moment where we have an older parent who was like king of the wolf people big old beard yeah yeah, yeah there was something like that where he had a big beard um and I think I think Egwene saw him running with wolves yeah. in one of her dreams or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and leading more to, come to that statement. Yeah. So. Not her. Not her. It wasn't part of her uh, apprentice testing. No, it wasn't part of her testing. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a dream. Yeah. yeah, with the ring. Dream. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah, but um, connection. Yeah, good connection. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, Masima had seen that for when the Trollocs attacked them and their camp in the mountains. Uh, the wolves that came to come to help, and Masima took that as a sign that even I, I you think know, we're gonna see more of Perrin becoming like master of the wolves. I want that actually to happen. I want that storyline. Yeah. Okay, that's just me though. Yeah, I don't just so, want it to happen. It needs to be a powerful, significant piece. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I yeah. feel you on that. Definitely. So yeah, so um, the sun so loyal. yeah, loyal comes in like a kid in Christmas. He's super excited. He's like, dude, it's awesome. Like, so we've learned about singing wood before, and we've seen it happen because uh, Loyal did it when they were in the portal stone. He made a staff, a battle staff, uh, and and Ian said he raped a tree. But he um, did. you know, they- <laughs> and then he tossed the battle staff aside. He was like, guess I didn't need this shit, and just he chucked pulled it. an arc, Kelly. <laughs> that was pretty that was rough. Um, yeah, that was tough. He so went, um he went and sniffed a tree, mm-hmm. pulled a little wood. Yeah. Bing bang boom. But he's super excited about this bed because it's a gigantic ogre bed made out of one piece of wood that has been sung into the shape of a bed. And he's telling Perrin all about it, and Perrin's like, dude, I I like I I, I don't I don't I don't really want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, uh, and he tells parents it's time for supper and parents like, I, I don't want to eat right now. And loyal leaves. Um, and like, go ahead. Flashback to last chapter. You know, I talked about the guy that's like semi antisocial, but just kind of sit on the bench watching who are mm-hmm. the characters. Like if we had to pick characters right now that we knew would do that, that would just observe it, observe and just take it in. Right now, I've got Varen and I've got Loyal that would be sitting mm-hmm. on the bench just watching shit happen. They wouldn't get caught up on the individual bucket or one place on fire. They would just be observing everything happening and just taking notes but, and being in awe. Loyal, loyal, yes. Varen to a degree, but then she would like throw a dart at you just to see, what, just see what would happen and, and oh, yeah. take more notes she, she would add or, that's right she would add i feel like she would add additional variables and i I've, and then take notes right. and see what happens i right i threw i threw that out there with the well fuck it she's going through the testing give her the ring see what happens take notes see what happens. Yeah. but loyal in his whole i want to write a book and just observe and just that and the other he would totally be the guy just watching and i'm i'm almost i'm jealous Jealous of people like that, slash in my own life, trying to become more like that. Whereas Perrin, you could see his mind just running a million miles an hour, trying to connect all the dots, figure out the why. What's the purpose? Where are we going? What do I what do? I, do? I don't know what to trust. There's so much conflict. And Loyal is reading a goddamn book a mile behind everybody. And like, <laughs> they, they couldn't even wait for me to finish my favorite chapter. 
And he closes the book all upset and catches up. And when they get there, he's like, guys, sure, there's a guy in the cage and everybody's freaking out. And Masim is a little bitch, right? However, <laughs> look at my bed. Oh. <laughs> like, you got to learn to appreciate stuff like that. Like, got a little yeah. flair and that. he's just, he's, he's just viewing. He's right now. He's a watcher. Just watching everything happen in front of him and just finding shit to enjoy. And I love well, that. And it's funny you say that he's just a watch, just a watcher. The word just implies that's pretty much what he is. This skill of being able to sing wood keeps being repeated over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a mm-hmm. huge significance to that somewhere down the line where we're going to need sung wood for some type of weapon or for some type of, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but this skill is going to become vital mm. and loyal is going to become vital to the ending of one of the evil things that's, that's on the verge of coming, you know? There's a, yeah. that's what she said moment somewhere in there, but I, I don't know, know where to place a lot it. Of I don't know where to put it, but <laughs> I was listening. A, bl- a blanket. That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but can't you sense it? Like he's the great, he's the best build up so far because he, early on you and I talked about, and we're going way back like to, Oh man, an gear. He's so big. Like da da da. There's hints of like, you know, at some point, maybe they lose their mind when they're away from the setting for so long. Da, 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 da. What if they get what what happens if they have actually get to the point where they're going to fight? And the closest we've really gotten is um, him singing to the tree in the mirror world mm-hmm. and getting a little battle staff and the green man. And right. When but he died, other than that, sang- like. Yeah. Well, no. There was one point um, where Loyal fought some Trollocs or something with Ran, right? In Kyrian, yeah. So was it near the fireworks people? Yeah, it was was near there. They were attacked. Yes, it was right when they were on their way, and they were attacked. But even then, it was a tease. Yeah, like it still wasn't. We're gonna get like some really big moments with him. Agreed. In a couple books. Agreed. Okay. Lots cool. of agreement. Yeah. Lots of hopefulness. Uh, I mean, the question is, I don't know. But... For good or bad. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. Him being excited about his bed, you have no idea how much joy that brought me. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Well, he was excited too. He was very excited about it. Um, oh, he could definitely sing that wood, though. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, he leaves parent thinking, parents thinking about. Really thinking about the about the young woman down in the common room a lot, and trying to figure out why she was staring at him. Like, there's an ogier here. There's hundreds of the horn, uh, you know, in, in the common room, and and then there's more rain. A lady walks in, and you're staring at me. Why? <laughs> and he's trying to put, you know, why why she's so fascinated with me. And he's he's let let's he's, not jump forward, but let's jump forward, and then we'll we'll touch it again. Her response, her reason why. Which is like, so he has a legitimate question. Makes sense, right? But her response is the exact same thing. And it also makes 
perfect sense. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So. So. Yeah, and we'll get to that. That's next chapter. But yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, that's um, a jump. We don't need to dabble. But mm-hmm. y'all sure. that read before, you're going. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And it keeps on going back also to the to the the Aiel men in the cage and men's viewing. Um, and just keeps it can't get it out of his head. And and you know, parents also thinking about I'm the kids get throwing two rocks. Chapters of it. <laughs> yeah, thinking about you know the kids throwing rocks and decides that he should do he should do something. So he goes ahead and buckles his axe and leaves the room. Um, we have another gnome moment where he's going to set the caged animal free. I hope this is like foreshadowing to him letting himself go at some point. Hmm. I l- Gosh. Like, I, need, I need to start talking sooner because people are going to think I'm full of shit. People are going to be like... Ian didn't read. He's waiting for Chris to say something that he goes, I agree. <laughs> because that's if 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 I was gonna give any sort of depth to these chapters, to this scene, it it would be that it's it's not so much him trying to do something for this Ayuman, it's it's more of him looking inward, it, his own internal battle and struggle. He, because he he's that deep of a character. We we know he thinks like that, and I don't know. I do, hundred percent. God, Chris, if you were yeah. in the same room, I'd hug you. We'd, I mean, like a <laughs> COVID friendly, I'd look away with a mask on, with a backpat half hug. Oh, no, and I'm really, I'd be hitting your all lower all back because you're my twice my size. You know, pat pat. Yeah, but so, no, I, I really feel like there there is a lot of foreshadowing in his actions of freeing the caged animals and once he does let loose i think we're going to see some amazing things occur but then also he's created a bond with the nail well i'm I'm jumping ahead so anyway we go to the cage it's hard not to Um, mix it up together i will i will say this though um when when perrin dips on loyal was it Loyal's talking about getting some food or something, wasn't he? Loyal was like, let's get yeah. some food. Yeah, Loyal's, yeah. He and he's like, you go on, Loyal, I'm not hungry, yada, yada, yada. This is where we hit. We haven't done this in a while, but my favorite line of all of these chapters like this, God, when you hear it, it's going to hit you, and you're going to be like, I get it. I know why Ian likes this little phrase here. But it goes, hands on his, hands on his knees, yawning now and again. He tried to work it out. Mm-hmm. No, that's it. That's all I got. Think about it. Okay. There's yeah. a lot of ways you can you can run no, a lot of ways with that one. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't anyway. make sense right now, just pause. Just let's let's simmer. Yeah. Hey, pause. Let it simmer. <laughs> Hit me up in the DMs. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so parent yeah. goes to leave but before he goes he goes to Varane's room to search for Lan uh, but finds he's not there and while you know while he's there he asked Moraine if Rand caused the battle between the Aeol and the Hunters was that his work and Moraine's like I don't know uh, did he walk in on her naked or just without her shawl yeah. are we skipping over this I think we're skipping over this I think we go need for to go it. back a second. <laughs> please please <laughs> no 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 yeah all right. by go all ahead, means yeah. go into this <laughs> That's what she said. Wow. Oh. 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 Sorry, I couldn't help myself. 
Like he didn't even wait for her to say anything. He just he okay. So number one issue as a male, you know, never to do this. He strolled up to the front door of the inn to Moraine's room, knocked once and went in and stopped his face burning. Moraine pulled the pale blue robes that hung from her shoulder around her. You wish something? She asked coolly. First yes, and so foremost. He, so like, he walked in on her naked. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Thank you. You don't do that. You don't walk, just walk into somebody's room. That's rude. That's very impolite of, of Perrin. So I'm going to scold Perrin for the first time in, in a year. That was very rude. Now, we, we called him dense. So that was a dense moment for Perrin. Yeah. In his brutish thought, he walked into a woman's room and saw Moraine naked. He blushed. It, it goes, it also like reminds you exactly how kind of like young and immature he mm-hmm. really is. Like, we, I think we, I forget their age. I forget that it hasn't been that much time that's passed. I forget that, I mean, how many women has parents seen naked? Has he seen yeah. a woman naked? Yeah. And, and Moraine, let's let's talk about it. Moraine is a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Even Tom recognizes <laughs> it. Tom can't stand them Tarvalon witches, but he's like Moraine. Moraine, she, that's Moraine a, that's is a, a woman. fine woman. That's a fine woman. It's a fine woman. <laughs> if she won't, and I said die. But she's still fine. Yeah. So. Perrin didn't just stumble on any old naked woman. Like, I almost feel like, I don't know, maybe it was a good thing. Like, I got eased into it. Like, the first naked woman I stumbled upon was like, okay, you're naked, but you're not wildly attractive. Like, (laughs) but still, things, you know, first naked woman, you're, you know, your preteen era, you're just starting to appreciate those things, right? You know? Uh, even one that, to me, without getting in the physical description, to me was like, okay, it's a naked body, but I'm not wildly attractive. Still, there was a physical effect on me, right? Hmm. But I couldn't imagine the first naked or close to naked or like just moment like that that I stumble upon that we know of from parents' perspective is just smoking hot. Like that... <laughs> I feel like my knee would give out. I'd be I'd be cramping in muscles that I didn't like muscles that I didn't even know you could cramp in. I would I'd twitch a little bit. I would just fall over, like drool a little bit. I mean, I don't how do you I'm trying I'm trying to remember like twelve year old me. I don't know, man. Yeah. He recovered real quick though. You got like I I I gotta give it to him. It's like I, I thought Lamb was here. Uh, you two were always have your heads together, and I thought he, I thought, and then she kind of gave him this out. What do you want, Perrin? Yeah, he's like, boom, right to business. So yeah, and and, and I will say this real quick, and we and we can move on, Alan. I know you're trying to push it, but I I say that like I get how crazy this moment could be, but at the same time, doing the knock and open the door. Like, not a knock and a pause, not a knock and a wait. Not, I'm going to knock and open the door, and if it's unlocked, I'm going to assume that we're good. He just knocked and opened. 
That's the same thing as these assholes that go, <clears throat> all right, you ready for this, Alan? You ready? I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Alan, do you know what my favorite color is? It's blue. <laughs> How about that? You didn't even get a chance to answer. Why mm-hmm. did I even ask the freaking question? Because that's what it is. A knock is a question. Yeah. That's a, There's a question mark there. And if you don't wait for an answer, you're not really asking a question. Right. Yeah. So he fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so he so he barges in to naked Moraine. Thank you. He barged in. Ignore the knock. That was a barge. And and and, uh, and Moraine coolly, completely calmly, just just says, "All right, uh, what's going on?" And that's when the whole conversation happens. Do you think Rand caused it? Rand's like, Moraine's like, I don't know. Uh, But then she also mentions the plans that she has at this point. She's like, "Well, here's what I figure. Like, we're trying to catch up with Rand. Um, He's lost his horse at this point. They know that." They found his horse a while back, um, and they're still not catching him even on foot. Like he's moving too fast. So she's like, "All right, we're gonna take a boat to Ilion, and then we'll we'll find another boat to Tear, and then we might beat him. If not, we'll be really close behind him. So we're gonna go by water." Um, um, and that that you know lays out the whole plan for him. And parents, you know, still kind of just. Wants to ask more questions, so she, he asked more about you know if Moraine and Lincoln sense a dark friend, and she's like, "Well, what do you mean?" He's like, "Well, few few humans go that far where we can actually sense them. We can sense shadow spawn, but like dark friends, you have to be like really far in for us to sense them, because yeah, that's not how it really works." And he's like, "Well, because there's this chick, but you know, and she's staring at me." <laughs> And, and Moraine's like, oh, oh, Perrin. <laughs> you sometimes forget, Perrin, that you're a good-looking young man. Some girls admire a pair of shoulders. Yeah. Right after he sees her naked, I'm sure he, like, lost his shit on the inside. <laughs> I felt I blushed for Perrin when I read this part. I was like, oh, poor guy. Like, mm-hmm. she just, she knew she was going to get you. She's waiting for the opportunity. You walk yep. right into that one. Yep. Yeah, I can't really comment on that. I'm in this awkward phase. I, I don't know. Like, it's, we don't need to go, we don't need to hit this too hard. But like, even just the other day, I was talking to this female friend and we were talking about the dating thing. I've mentioned that before. And, and maybe I said a few things that like were discouraging towards myself. And her comment was like, you do realize like, not just for your age, but in general, you're, you're an attractive dude. Like you're handsome. And I was like, my first response was what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Like what, what angle are you playing here? What the, what the hell? Um, but and the the reason that I guess it's semi appropriate here is like, I mean, I, I get that perspective of just not seeing it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And maybe she is crazy. I don't know. But Alan Maybe. also told me that he thinks I'm attractive. So, like, that's you know, we're up yeah, to two um, people that I trust. We don't talk um, about what happened in the tent, all right? Not on the podcast. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. That's true. He was he had a purpose. He needed me to be Little Spoon. I need like because there was an was argument cold. about which size spoon we would be, and then we spaced out. But I don't know if you've ever touched the side of a tent. That's a bad idea. Like we needed to be close and in the middle. Um. Yeah. 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 So maybe anyway, that was so, your motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Perrin leaves the room, heads outside, and goes straight to the village square where 
the cages. And he walks up to the, the cage holding the aisle in and, um, and lets it down. He takes uh, the rope and lets the cage down to the ground and, and then goes and takes his axe and pries open the door and lets the, lets the aisle out. Like not even thinking about it. Like doesn't even kind of like it's, it's, it's almost, I guess he's been thinking about this for a while too, but it, it, it to me, it almost seemed uncharacteristic of Perry not to talk to the guy first, then just to go and just open it. But maybe yeah, it was all reactionary. I think he was triggered. Like he had PTSD of some sort and he just like, couldn't stand to see him in a cage, even though he knew nothing about the man and why he was there. Mm-hmm. Right. A, Not a good look. A principled man or woman, a principled person. When we when we look at individual events, we sometimes we look at it and we're inspired. We're like, "Wow, yeah." But somebody that is that principled that feel so compelled to defend a single basic dignity in some other being they could be dangerous and I don't have a whole lot of explanation other than like it it works out good for this person at this time and we end these chapters at a feel good story but uh, and maybe the Taviranness is playing on his side, right? But as he makes this decision, it's based solely on just his feeling, this isn't right, can't do that, da, 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 da. But there's no consideration of how this could impact the community there where they're at and the other people around. And I'm not trying to defend Cajun Nail, man, trust me. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm trying to follow parents' thought process. And if you're, it, when I was thinking this, it wasn't so much like whether or not the IUMN should be in there, but the fact, the fact that he's doing this, he's letting him out without talking to land, without working it out with Moraine. There was a point along the way where he feared both of them. Um, if not respected them, maybe feared them more than respected them, but he just did this anyways. And he, he didn't give a fuck about them. And so there's evidence there. I don't know. I just, like I said, that knee jerk reaction, especially when you combine what Chris mentioned earlier. And I kind of gave the agreement nod to that. Like maybe this is less for the IEO men and more for, this battle that parents have in within himself and there's some metaphorical, you know, whatever going on about, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's danger here. He reacted. Yeah. He didn't consider much other than a quick, this shit needs to happen. Boom. Yeah. That could be risky. And so once he lets this man out, the man introduces himself. His name is Gaul. He uh, tells him what, uh, I guess, tribe or sept or sect of the Aiel he's from, which is the Stone Dogs. Um, he's a stone dog, uh, which doesn't dogs really get into what that. War. Yeah. <laughs> and and Perrin tries to, and, you know, he says, you know, water, you may find water and shade and gives a wait, wait, wait. Stone Dogs? Stone Dogs. Chris, Stone yeah. Dogs. Mm-hmm. 
Are you I, I didn't connect going? it when I was reading, but now as we're talking about it, am, am I the only one making the connection? I mean, but that's assuming that these guys could like either transform into dogs or could make some type of marks. Like, but there's a stone with a dog's well, print, print in it. <laughs> but then, why yeah. the nasty smell? Because I have good vibes from these Aielmen. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I'm not making a, any prediction of any sorts there. This is just a mm-hmm. nudge and a wink that I heard stone dogs and we talked about dog prints and stones earlier. Well, yeah. it seems like Perrin is drawn to to dogish type people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had wow. gnome and now he's got this guy. Yeah, now he's got all the stone dogs. All the stone dogs. Um, like maybe these are all like people with uh, never mind. I won't go into that. I've been watching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it, it goes both. It goes both ways, though. And, uh, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's like I, maybe they have the the werewolf curse and it needs to be triggered. And I don't know. Maybe they, they maybe there's going to be clans of people that have this wolfish ability that come out of nowhere. Perrin is going to bring the wolf brothers and sisters together. If there aren't wolf sisters, then all right, shame on you, Jordan. He done did fucked up. Um, he's gonna bring them together. And Rand's gonna bring our AO men together, and the two of them are some gonna somehow bridge the gap. There's gonna be a coalition there. Mm. That's, that's okay. gonna be pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. So you get the the formal, I guess, Aiel greeting, uh, greeting, you know, my water is yours. Um, and Perrin tries to return the greeting with, I'm Perrin, I think from the two rivers, I guess my water is yours too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they had this really awkward exchange and then Perrin kind of just cuts the chase. He's like, well, why, why are you here? And he's like, well, I'm here to, I'm looking for he who comes with the dawn. And Perrin immediately like realizes He's looking for Rand. He's like, oh yeah, that guy. He's in, he's going to tear. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh wait, you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, he's going to tear. And and Galt's kind of taken back. He's like, that makes sense. Yeah, that's where he would go. All right, thanks, bye. And then just takes off. <laughs> big, but big, before he takes off, big shift yeah, though. Hold on, big shift. Uh, up until this point, when Perrin picks up on something significant to the storyline or connects dots or whatever, he connects them in his head. He's a, he's right. either afraid or worried or nervous about spilling the beans, but for whatever reason, either he's drawn to trusting this guy or he just doesn't give a flip anymore or whatever. I, I don't know what the reason, but this is a shift in what parents said in the past. Um, I, I thought I would hear him or read about him thinking it in his head. I knew that would happen. I would hope he'd make that connection. He thinks that way. When he said it out loud, I was like, well, fuck, he told him. He told him. Yeah. He just, yeah. he just told him. Yeah. So here we go. <laughs> now yeah. that now really he knows. Throw, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That threw me completely off, too, because parents been so guarded with the people that he's traveling with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but we communicate like, so yeah, bad in this book. Stranger, might as well just go ahead and tell you our plans. Right. Yeah. This is. <laughs> I was kind of talking over you, but they're like we've been so bad about communicating in this book between characters. The fact that it happened instantaneously 
like what we had going on in our head, we were like, for like a split second, we were going, tell him, tell him. And then he told him and we went, oh, oh, he told him <laughs> that never happens. It just happened. I don't know what to do with myself. I feel relieved. That's yeah. At this point, this IO man could go kill Rand. I'd be like, well, at least Perrin fucking told him the truth. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> it did bring the whole to to light your kind of idea that maybe the IO men know how to channel properly. Like yeah. maybe this is the start of Rand's help. Mm. If we look at the whole Severan thing, maybe it's it was Matt's job to make sure that this Ioman finds Rand and helps get him to the help he needs. Like that's Ian a Perrin. stretch, Perrin. Ian. Yeah. Perrin. That's a strong contender, but we're gonna talk about the long black wood. Um, and I have additional theories on that about where okay. Rand might find his help. Okay. So right as this all happened, suddenly there's shouts out that the Aiel's been freed and the white cloaks have reappeared and they're riding in. And without even thinking, Gaul and Perrin both go into fighting immediately. And Gaul is badass. And so is Perrin. Anyway, they both just dice him up. <laughs> like, so Gaul is, Gaul is courteous. Doesn't he ask, doesn't he ask Perrin if he wants to dance? I mean, he was so nice. Like, it's like he appreciated it. You say you you saved me. You rescued me. There's people coming. Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? <laughs> and before a parent can even think about it, they're both messing people up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, kills like a couple white. Yeah. Favorite scene is like golf dance in the midst of them. Parent had only an amazing moment himself, for not all the white cloaks had put their attention on the IEL. Barely in time, he gripped the axe half with both hands. Excuse me. Says, barely in time, he gripped the axe and was halved with both hands to block the sword thrust, swung, and wanted to cry out as the half moon blade tore the man's throat. He had no time for crying out, none for regrets. More white cloaks followed before the first fell. He hated the gaping wounds the axe made, hated the way it chopped through the mail and rendered flesh beneath, split helmets and skulls with almost equal ease. He hated it, but he still did it. Like, that's the crazy thing about it. He hated every moment of it, but he's just so damn good at it. Yeah. It just happens naturally. Yeah. When it was all over, yeah. when the Ayo man turned to Perrin, he dropped, he dropped a line that I feel like, I don't know if I'm going, I just, yeah, no, it's gonna happen. I'm I'm gonna incorporate this line in my sex life. I th- I feel like this song gonna pick my next wife. Like if I if I ever get married again, uh, I mean it's gonna low probability event because I don't have nights like these often. But it's got to be a crazy night of just wild, worthy of this kind of comment sex, right? And when it's over and we're laying there, I'm gonna say, "You do not dance the spears badly." and if she appreciates it and recognizes where it comes from after that i will i will roll over get on the and propose to her 
But if I say it and she's like, the fuck's wrong with you? I'm going to be like, well, lose my number and go home. So, yeah, that's that's my new litmus test. It's a new litmus test. I, first of all, it's not a bad goal because I I have to create a night that is worthy of that line. You can't just have awkward sex like we're clearly not compatible. Nothing worked there. And then go, you don't dance to Spears badly. Like that wouldn't work. Yeah, you gotta have a, you gotta have one of those yeah. nights that it's like, <laughs> whoa, wow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. So uh, at this at this point, uh, they get they get a little more of the backstory, at least from the other side of the story, what happened between Lord Orban and Gaul? Because you know, you ask you ask Gaul, you know, it's like, oh, I heard there's like twenty of you guys. He goes, twenty? No, there's two of us. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I guess they did kill the other one. Um, Saren was her. What's the other? Um, yeah, the other one's name and uh, captured him. But it was two versus twelve, not twenty on twelve. <laughs> so, but they man- they managed to kill most of them, um, just the two of them. So um, obviously they they did they they actually probably fought a better fight. Um, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and, and let, let, let's assume because they caught him off guard that the first one, in my mind, the first one was probably killed instantly. Right. So the rest Agreed. of the destruction that happened was all his doing. Was all his doing. And he survived and still killed how many? And injured, Six, I think. Six the rest? 12 and, and injured the rest, yeah. And even still, because of the respect I have for Aielman, even at the end of this chapter, still, I think to myself, maybe he got caught on purpose. Because I just, yeah. they're that badass. One on 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then at this point, he runs off into the night and, you know, deuces, he's going to go try to find, he who comes with the dawn. So runs off and, you know, apparent at this point, there's, Corpses all around him. He turns around and sees the girl running away towards the end. And he's like, oh shit, someone saw us. That girl is poison. Poison. <laughs> poison. Um, so yeah, and then uh Land shows up right around the same time, and you know, Land looks around and is like, What the hell did you do? <laughs> Ten minutes sooner, life would have been so much easier. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah. Uh, so, and Land says, um, "Yeah, well, I freed the Aiel man." He's like, well, "Why the hell you do that?" He goes, "I just felt the right thing to do." And he's like, "And you killed a bunch of white cloaks." He's like, "Yeah." I guess did anybody see you? He's like, "The girl, she she ran off." And Land's like, "All right, we got to get back to the end, and we leave. We're leaving now. Like, we're not sticking around anymore. Like, get your shit together. We're gone." And that's how we end this chapter. With them running back to the to the end to go pack. And get the hell out of there. This really messes with Moraine's plans. She wanted to wait, wanted to figure out what direction Moran mm-hmm. was going in. Now, time to leave. Yep. Maybe this is a Taviran moment, though. Maybe these are all multiple Taviran moments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was feeling that, and I and I also feel like Moraine. Moraine is she's on that path of that. Um, 
Do any of y'all know like these 40 plus year old women that have gone through either bad relationships, whatever, or bad jobs. And they've gotten to a point where they're like, the fuck I do with myself. And they spend a few years by themselves and, and the new thing they're calling it now, but it's been around for a while, but they, they find their tribe, their group of people that they just hang out with and they, they're not trying to force anything anymore. They're not trying to force a relationship. They're not trying to force a career. They just have a group of people that they found that support them no matter what. And, you know, they post all these pictures at the beach and the winery. Do y'all know these people? Is that just me? Am I the only one who associates with these people? No, no. Sometimes there's pot involved. I'm not part of that, but like, anyways, it, it helps the scenario. Like, I just, I gotta, maybe this is the beginning of, Marine's entrance to that, maybe not here, but just kind of recently, I feel like she's starting to realize that a process has started that she knew needed to start and she needed to be an integral part to kind of push it along. But once it starts moving, like it's so out of her control and she needs but to is just she learn just to realizing that, or are we just realizing that? I think she is too. I mean, I, well, good question. Maybe I'm trying to force my perspective on her, but. We have we I had like any too. real Moran perspectives in a while. That's true. But she I mean, has... we have this cool common collective. We don't really get to see inside of her mind very often. We barely get to see her intentions. She's like more going with the flow right now, but is it because she's giving in to Taviran and allowing things to happen as they're going to happen? Or has she yeah. always just been super insecure? But she had more answers mm-hmm. than the other characters around her. So we put a lot of faith in that. I would say, mm, let me compare the two. When, when Moraine talks about Taviran, even if, even those from others, pers- other people's perspectives, when she talks to them about Taviran, uh, what she says is, a they're always it is what it is comments like when it comes to Deverin, like shit's gonna happen and even what we talked about earlier it, it could be good it could be bad it just it, they're gonna they're gonna pull in a direction you just you have to accept it um and then you look at the amerlin and one of her powers is that she can see identify Deverin, right Yes. Uh, yeah, Armland. Yes, Armland. Right. Okay. I know. I know. That was a big jump. So y'all had to think about it. But this is where I differentiate. I feel like the Armland is in a position where because she can see and identify who is Tavirin, maybe she gets this unrealistic uh, expectation where, like, maybe she should be able to control it and still be able to bend it. Uh, but I don't get that vibe from Moraine. I feel like Moraine has this impression of Taviran that you have to be you got to be willing to um hop in hop in the the gulf stream with uh i'm talking like i've jumped to finding nemo now where the the sea turtle dad just kind of lets his little dude go you know dude (laughs) dude just ride the current just ride the current right like i that's the vibe i'm getting from moraine when it comes to the Tavirin folks, like she wants to be around. She wants to be part of it. She wants to see it. But I th- I just get the vibe that she's not trying to totally 
control him. Maybe she's trying to nudge him a little bit, but she's smart yeah. enough to know that she can't grab onto him firmly and force them in a direction. Sure. Oh. I, I am also... Hey, we have one chapter left. I'll announce now. I'm well into my second bottle. <laughs> Y'all are in, we, fig- we, fig- we figure that. Y'all are in trouble. <laughs> We're listening. Okay. Yeah. I'm still on bottle one. I just... Poured my last bit of bottle one uh, of my. I, I'm, I I'm just wine started as, bottle two with one drinking, chapter left, so I feel like I'm, I'm drinking wine it. as I'm well drinking. tonight. And I did pick a, a a themed wine as well for tonight because um, mm, and, so and you can rub it in our face. What's, what's the theme? Well, the theme <laughs> the theme was uh, it has to do with this next chapter, so I won't go too far into it. But um, I'm not a fan of this this particular brand, but I did pick it out just because of it. But uh, Dark Horse. Caps oh, off. Uh, oh yeah, I like that. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's some, man, some Mandarb action. <laughs> yeah, if, if you pair it properly, it's not the end of the world, but it's not one that you could keep it's drinking not, by it, itself it's not for it's too not, long. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not great wine, but it's uh, it's a, it does the trick for tonight. I spent money for mine tonight. I'm doing very well. Okay. They're delicious. Good deal. So, anything we missed from this chat before we move on? Loyal, but we're gonna do that in a bonus. So screw you. Okay. All right. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> loyal. Hey, we have more loyal coming up. Uh, anything, Chris, anything you think we missed or anything we need to cover? No, it, it was just a repeat. I mean, that the end was phenomenal. And to hear the fighting scene here, watch, see, yeah. read the fighting scene. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool, but it was so quick. I do. I am excited to see how they're going to play all the different battles out. Yeah. The show. I mean, that's something we don't really go back to much anymore, but what, we originally started looking at this because of the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want to know what type of fighting style they're going to give the IO men. Are they all the different tribes yeah. that have different fighting styles? Um, I mean, this guy single-handedly, literally with his hands, took down the majority of these white cloaks. Yeah. So beautiful. But he didn't even take a weapon. He had opportunity. He did not take it. He just wanted to show them who the boss was. Yep. To, to your exactly. point, we've all watched action movies where we're all like, yeah, blow them up, punch them hard, bam. And like sometimes those those are exciting, but that's not what Aiel are. It's an, it's an art form. It's graceful. It's the vibe I get so far. I mean, just because they describe it as a dance. And like you said, he took down these guys who had all these weapons and he was like, I don't want your sword. Cause we don't do swords. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like their movement should be a fucking symphony. Like yeah. from the very first time we see it in action, you should just be like, I, I just, I just watched a savant on, on the piano. Like what just happened here? Yeah. So, yeah, hope so. And, and we 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 know in season one, Rafe is uh, Rafe Jenkins, the showrunner for the TV show, has said that there is an IEL in season one. He said that's going to be a surprise. He hasn't said what IEL it is, but it's Rand. Technically, if oh, Rand shows up, uh, that's one. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. So we we there hasn't been a casting announcement for any IEL, but uh, it's uh, but yeah, so. Maybe, maybe it's like, cause it, you know, one of the other things he said about the TV show too, is that rather than taking it by a book by book approach, it's an overall approach. So, yeah, you know, as, so there might be things that don't happen in the books that show up in the TV show, like 
maybe Gaul's backstory on it shows him leaving the waste and coming, or maybe a prophecy where they why they left to come over to look for he who comes to the dawn, you know, something like that, like where it, that doesn't show up in these yeah. first couple of books, but it's happening at the same time as the first couple of books, obviously. But we never see, you know, so when they did the TV show, they're looking at it from a different lens. So yeah. um, it might be something like that. This this isn't my first time reading and then watching. And but this is my first time reading and then watching, having done it before and realizing like I it eventually took time to come to the realization you can never put on screen what's what's in writing. Oh no. So you, you can adapt you can adapt, but you exactly. can never yeah. So I'm totally hundred percent okay with artistic freelance and just oh, yeah. you know make it work i'm excited yeah. however they do it yeah it's it's gonna be exciting yeah and uh and then in the leak there was, there was a leak casting today that's not actually official casting but for intar which was cool so wait so that's yeah. not official so but um, we think it's it was pretty solid so so watchseries.com is a website that does like leaks on stuff so he put on his cv on his official you know uh resume uh, I'm not sure if it was IMDb or wherever that he has been cast as Inktar. Yeah. So that was on his personal. We already I'm know a- that he. We already know that he'd been casted. We didn't know what role he's been casted in, and then that he had changed his his uh his his I guess his resume publicly. Oh. So that's how that leak came out. But that's not officially Good for him. I thought it would be me. I mean, if I was going to get any <laughs> solid role, like that was my best chance. Right. Like I accidentally turned into the bad guy. So these things happen from time to time. Like it's happened before where like it's someone's CV changed or their, their resume changed and it's public information. So people find it and then Amazon finds out that they changed their without permission and it immediately gets taken down. But there's people out there right now that are like super, super sleuth hunters that are searching every day through like breadcrumbs. Well, so. Especially so <laughs> this fan base plus the delay in releasing the series Right. We have like if you're not a wheel of time fan right now of the books, right. most people don't care about the series yet. The series is gonna have to hit before that new wave of interest comes in. So right now, yeah, you have all these people that are just like gimme, 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 gimme. And they're looking. Right. Yeah. 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 And right. we'll get a wave of I mean, if the TV show is good, I mean there'll be a, a huge wave of, of new readers just like Game of Thrones and any other series that was adapted to. That'll be fun. Except yeah. there's going to be people that sit down and read them all in a one month period. <laughs> you can't and, read them in one month. It's, it's too much. <laughs> oh, I could. Huh. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on to chapter 35, the Falcon. And the icon here is like the wave symbol. So like we've seen that one, I think one time before when, they got on the boat, uh, Gwen and Nadeev and Elaine got on the boat. So it's basically boat travel is what that means. But yeah, so the Falcon, which when you guys saw that, what'd you guys think? I, I, I'm curious. What, the title? Yeah, the title, the Falcon. Absolutely nothing. Okay. So what did I think, Alan? Alan, what did you, what do you think that I thought I thunk? I didn't know if you guys thought of men's viewings or not. The, the Falcon and the Hawk. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. What What do you think I thought the Falcon was? 
Because now we have waves happening. Those are waves. Oh, yeah, those are waves. That the Falcon was a ship? That, yeah, I yeah. thought the Falcon oh. was a ship. Okay. I actually, I appreciate that you understand that that's what I understood. Okay, yeah. It means I'm that's not a good, crazy. That's a, that's a good, uh, I mean, that's a cool name for like a race boat. The Falcon. Still, <laughs> still not my favorite race boat. My favorite race boat name I ever saw was Africa. No, um, that's wrong. What? No, Africa was my favorite. What's the name of the, the name of race boat? My favorite race boat name ever. That's wrong. What is what? What was the right? What's the right answer then? Boat number three. Oh, boat number three. Well, no, okay. The boat number three is great too, but it wasn't a clever name. It was just boat number three. I did love boat number three. Rest in peace. <laughs> we, had a, we had a Viking burial service for boat number three. Uh, but we never found boat number three. That, that ship went down and never came back up. <laughs> it's somewhere in the bottom of the ocean. Anyway, um, no, Africa was a race boat that I raced against uh, in, in Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, it was an acronym and it stood for another fucking race boat I can't afford. Um, so I just, oh, I just actually, no, it. that's perfect. <laughs> I just love the acronym. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, and then the other one that I liked, uh, there's a J24 that used to race out of Hampton that just had like the cuss word symbols, like, you know, just, you know, all the random dollar sign, hashtag, at symbol, whatever. And that was the name of the boat. And it, they weren't allowed to actually register their boat anything other than that because whenever you asked them what the name of their boat was, it was fucking boat. Uh, sailors are great um so good yeah the falcon was not the name of this boat it was the snow goose but we'll get to that in a second so we start this chapter with perrin and lan returning to the inn going upstairs and perrin like yo loyal we're leaving loyal's like but 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 my bed (laughs) (laughs) and perrin's like three in a row Another loyal chapter. Yep. And, 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 and parents like, yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of uh, did a thing and um, yeah, we got to go. So <laughs> we, we might be in trouble. Um, so we'll start there. This is, so I actually interviewed loyal and I apologize. I know there was many probably thinking tonight he'd be here with us. Uh, but Little do you all know, Loyal has a life, and he's in a book club, and with the COVID restrictions, there's very few nights where they get together. He's he's in the other room right now doing a, a Zoom meeting on a book they're reading, so he can't be here. However, um, he did make a note. He thought it was really funny that, like, normally um, everybody's like, what's going on? And then Loyal chimes in to Viren. Tavirin, and then at this point, like the the Tavirin does something, and then the whale's like, "What's going on?" And the Tavirin person's like, "Tavirin, I fucking Tavirin, okay, just come on, like <laughs> you yeah. should know the answer to this question. You're up, you're you're too focused on the bed to realize that I just Tavirin the shit out of this whole place, and you didn't even pick up on it, so." Yeah, yeah. Loyal missed out. I feel like he's embarrassed. That's why he's, I think he's making up this whole Zoom mini thing right now. Yeah, probably. But yeah, probably likely story. Yeah. So that um, is a massive thing. Twice yeah. as long as happens live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so they head down they head down to the stables and the stable man is kind of like a an asshole to them they're like asking a bunch of questions like why are you leaving this time of night what are you doing and land comes down and he's like shut up sell our horses we're leaving <laughs> land's been like super bossy and super anal and like taking no crap the last three chapters or two chapters right he's kind of fed up with everything i think he's missing his woman yeah maybe i mean um, i, I want a land perspective like that's what i want i want to know what's going on in his mind like what are his very, feelings now towards moraine and hmm. okay we might get one of those eventually maybe Sure. I, fe- I feel like there's a side note book at some point that gives us details. <laughs> yeah. Especially the backstory with these different names they use and how fucking cool and collected they are when they use them and just prequels. Yes. I just kind of want to yeah. jump ahead to that side story of the land. What What's the book? The, the Moraine and land the- book. Uh, New Spring. All right. So obviously I don't know what it covers, but like I'm already at the point where there's enough mystery with land and Moraine that I want it. Knowing that it it exists, I I want all the details. Yeah. We'll get there eventually. We'll do that book. Um, We'll we'll take a break at some point from the main story and do a little backtrack. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a while before we get there, but yeah. Okay. But we will. Uh, and we, won't, we won't. We won't. We won't okay. wait till the end. But yeah. So let's, let's keep going. So yeah. So they've settled their horses. They 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 leave. They start heading towards the docks. And Loyal makes a remark saying, "It's just like old times." <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, Perrin is amazed to learn that Loyal um, is beginning to actually like all this danger. You know, like which makes me wonder. Like maybe that's what the other Ogier are worried about. Maybe the madness is more or less the desire to be adventurous and to enjoy being outside of the setting. And maybe like adventure opens up their mind to the idea of, well, maybe I would like to fight. Maybe I would like to explore magic. Maybe I would like to do other things than just sit in in the stead or whatever. Right. So... Just a just an interest in a life outside of what is uniquely O'Gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. That's we get bonus episode on that shit too. But yeah, I know some people in I know some people in human life that put those kind of pressures on people. And and, and loyal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And Loyal answers this by saying that you know he's trying to remember the mood so he can write his book accurately. Um, you know, you have to, you know, get the mood right. So he has to be in the moment in order to, because he's trying to Great write a book about all these adventures. Yeah. So a lot of people you have said, theorized. I believe I am coming to like it adventuring. Of course I am. Yeah. I have to like it if I wish to write of it. Yep. And and there's like a theory out there that actually Robert Jordan wrote himself in as loyal. I mean, that's a. Uh, you know, and when he was interviewed about it, he said he wrote himself into a lot of the characters. But, um, and Harriet has also said that as well, um, his wife. But a lot of people have theorized that Loyal is the Robert Jordan, you know, <laughs> the guy well, writing. That makes perfect people. sense. Yeah, write himself into a character. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, 
so the group arrives at the dock. Uh, they board the snow goose and land begins to negotiate with the captain, um, you know, uh, and uh, try, tries to, you know, for the pay of the passage. And, and um, as Lance paying them and uh, they all go down below, or at least land and loyal and Moraine, all go below uh, to their cabins uh, and parents stays up on deck. Um, and right as they're about to leave, uh, the, the girl jumps onto the boat. The girl that's been this mystery girl that's been staring at parents. She jumps on last minute, immediately starts to like haggle with the captain about, you know, uh, her passage and parent actually thinks about throwing her overboard. Like, no, you're not coming with us. <laughs> well, it's so funny. It's like, she jumped on and he's like, she's like, I will take passage down over. Oh, say as far as he is going, nodding towards parent without looking at him. I have no objections to sleeping on deck cold and wet. Do not bother me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? How bold? Like you don't know him. You have no idea what his capabilities are. Like, you don't know the ship captain. You don't know his connection to Perrin. But that's your statement. That's how you What does start. she know? So, yeah. um, okay. I'm not going to be that social justice warrior, but killer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sprinkle a little bit on there. She doesn't know Perrin. She doesn't know the boat captain. She doesn't know land. She doesn't know Moraine. But what she's observed briefly, so she has, we'll learn, we'll learn moving forward what she knows she knows about them, and she's not wrong. She made an assessment, but what does she know? She knows herself. She knows her own capabilities. She knows what she can handle. I get what you're saying, but at no point of her rolling up in here did I think to myself, oh, she's overstepped. In fact, the exact opposite, I feel like she did the math. And she lined up the variables and she crossed some shit out and she did this equals that and she gets the multi variables for the X thing and then she was like, yeah, I could fucking be here. <laughs> I don't think she doubted she could be there and I don't, so far, I don't get the feeling she should doubt. Yeah. And that's not that's not Ian doing the yay women like that's that's kind of I know we have characters that are doubting her parents like what are you doing woman what Meh. but uh, I don't know well, she everything we read calculated. about her going forward she is oof yeah mm -hmm. yeah she was good stuff um, and the next thing she does is she joins. Um, parent on the rail of the ship and makes some remarks saying, well, I didn't think I was going to be going back to Ilion this quickly. And, and a parent immediately asks her, like, well, did you tell the villagers that I freed the, the I freed Gaul? And she's like, no, I didn't tell anybody anything. Um, I just followed you. And parents like, well, why are you following me? Like, what, why? And, and she explains herself and, and, and we talked about this hinted to it earlier, but I, I really, you know, I like her reasoning. Um, I, don't know if you guys do, but, uh, you know, she says, well, I knew Maureen was I said, I and lands her water and you got an oak gear. And then there's you. Why are you with this group? <laughs> Alan, you, you mentioned this like two hours ago. Why are we doing this again? Cause we, cause it's coming up again. Same line. Yeah. So his question about why him is her answer about why him. Right. That's all I got. Yep. 
Yeah. If anybody wants to expound on that, go for it. It, it, it's, it's the exact same, just turned around. Like, you know, what? Well, yeah. Why, why is she staring at, at me? Well, why am I not staring at you? You're, you're the one that's, <laughs> that's the oddball out. Um, and she's, and she makes the comments that I don't like things I can't account for. And I can't account for what, you, you know, why you're in this mix. Uh, it's just too strange of a party of a group of people. Um, and, and she goes on to tell him that she's a hunter of the horn, um, which Perrin kind of is taken back. He's like, you? He's like, yeah, but I can't be a hunter too. <laughs> just, is it because I'm a girl? Um, and, he's, and she explains, like, I took the oath like everybody else. Uh, he's like, a child could have took the oath at that point. Uh, no one was really paying attention because all the pomp and circumstance. Um, everybody just kind of started mumbling it in the crowd. Nobody yep. cared. Nobody cared. Uh, she said, uh, you know, and at the, and she, she figures that, you know, wherever the horn is, uh, it'll be at the end of a strange trail. And she's never seen a strange thing as the four of them. So, so yeah, she says, since something strange in a party of travelers such as yours and strange trails are what hunters look for. And he being the oddball person, that was why apparently she kept her eyes on him. I, you know, still think I, you know going back to the whole Tavir and we haven't seen the word pop up Will hasn't been on his A game but something drew her to him yeah and and as the reader I find this whole interaction hilarious because she's all going on about the horn and of course Perrin knows exactly knows. what the horn is <laughs> like, exactly that's the worst part like, about it all I, I think like, he plays it cool in an appropriate way yeah. Like he doesn't he doesn't over the top go, Well, you done did fucked up, you going the wrong way. Like, but at the same time he 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 also doesn't affirm the other direction like, oh maybe yeah, maybe that's totally it and make yeah. it seem weird. He plays the well, nobody knows where the horn is. What kind of cra- well, like just how are you randomly picking this? He it's his he's good about it. But what's going on yeah. in his head is, yeah, it makes yeah. you get all tingly inside. Yeah. And, you know, she thinks the Horn of Ilir is somewhere in the mountains of mist. She's heard about this ancient city called Manetherin. Have you heard of it, Perrin? Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard of it. <laughs> Chris, this is where Alan, Alan's going to play down this scene because it has to do with a prediction I have. So play it down, Alan. No big deal. Mountains of what Mist. What's that prediction? Every queen of Manetherin was an eye to die, and the king, the warder, bound to her. Mm-hmm. We had that mm-hmm. prediction way back in like book one. Book one, yeah. That that's a more solid Chris one. I'll lean that one's a little bit more Chris. And I'm not saying I don't, but you, you mentioned it first, so I don't. I don't want to. I don't, I, I don't know what prediction. Thinking. I don't know what prediction you're, you're speaking of. So mine. Uh, Mm-hmm. Mine has a little bit more to do with the Black Tower Ooh. and Rand finding, um, Rand finding some folks that might be able to teach him. Okay. Rand finding a place that maybe was protected from history, Hello. protected from progress. <laughs> That had some truth, some knowledge that might be able to help him out. Because Tarvalon can't. 
we've been we were just there were so many chapters in a row in a row where we were reminded jesus the wine don't hit you till you have a lot of words in a row with r's in it <laughs> have you ever noticed that we were we were poof okay <clears throat> back to my npr voice Back in the day, we were reminded that there is no one who could teach Rand, and Rand will only survive if he could be taught. So some, somewhere, someone's got to be able to teach him. There's got to be knowledge somewhere. There's got to be somewhere that reins him in, that gives him some grounding, some focus that's not evil. Um, and And... I've thrown out there, maybe he just says, fuck it, and he learns from Ballsy, and we get lucky, and he says, no, fuck it, I'm going to be good later on. But that's that's a stretch. <laughs> or, in the mountains of mist, in the black wood forest, or the long black piece of wood, or... <laughs> the great black wood, or the force of shadows. Oh, that's what it is, the great black wood. Which, right, I lied to you guys. Uh, In high school football team, I did not close my eyes every time. And great is an understatement, okay? Um, anyways, um, and what's the other one? The Forest of? Forest of Shadows. Oh, Forest of Shadows. Yeah, not that big a deal. Except I own the stapled edition of, uh, it's an 80s. Shoot. I'll have to follow up next time after I Google. But I have the uh the first Madonna Centerfold Playboy edition. Okay. Yeah. And she was the first to say fuck trimming. And okay. it's the full shadow. In the it's, yeah. it's the it's the it's the unkept forest. The unkept full shadow. There you go. Anyway. Anyway. Take so it. Bring us home, man. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Orvin and 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 those other hunters had thought it was in the Great Black Wood, and giggity. Uh, and and this this mystery woman thinks that you know that's stupid. That it's probably in the mountains of mist somewhere. But she's willing to follow this trail for a while with them. You know, and they had this interchange, and eventually, parents is like, you know, I never got your name. What's your name? And she says. My name is Mandarp, and parent just bust out laughing. <laughs> like, like starts laughing his ass off. And she's like, what's so funny? It's the old tongue for blade. He goes, yeah, it's also the name of that horse over there. <laughs> her, her just, it's even better. It's like in old tongue, Mandarp means blade. It is a name worthy of a hunter of the horn. <laughs> He's like, you see that black stallion? <laughs> His it's name is Mandarp. Mandarp. <laughs> <laughs> He's the interaction. I was just dying. That's beautiful. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that black, the black one over there. And I'll, I'll say it again. <laughs> another perfect too. moment where Jordan wrote it in such a way from way back then until now when, when she said it. When this happened, we as the reader we were already on the same page as Perrin. We were laughing with him. We gave right. the same schmirk that he did. That's yeah. that was entertaining. Yeah. yeah. 
It's it's great. I also thought it, about it, Blade the Vampire Hunter. You know, yeah, Blade. Yeah. So then she admits her real name is Zareen Bashir, um, uh, but she doesn't like her name, so she's like uh, that she doesn't want to be called Bashir or Zareen. Um, so she says, "Well, my father used to call me Fail, and it means falcon in the old tongue. So you can call me Fail." Bam. And and parent immediately remembers Min's viewing of that there's a, a person on each shoulder. There's a falcon and a hawk, um, both female. And the moment and she says no, uh, falcon, inside of his head, sirens go off, mortars go off, incoming, incoming, like just all sorts of warning. Pow. pow. Yeah. Now our predictions were partially true. Like I got, I, I need to go back and listen, but I think we said it could be one or it could be the other. It yeah. could be a representation of women or it could be a representation of nations. I was sure. going to say, I I didn't want to correct Alan because I was, I also didn't want to admit to where I'm at in life right now. But for, before we even started, I was, I was almost a bottle deep. So I don't want to correct him. I was like, maybe he's right. Maybe that's what maybe. Chris said. But now that you say it, I do remember you touching on the, it could be a representation of women. Because I got crap from the group. Like, yeah. how do you know it's women? What would make you think it's a woman? <laughs> no, they were pulling an Allen to try and mess with you. Like, <laughs> they really were. Like- as we move I forward, I'm going to confidently too. feed you all my BS because I just I'm not going to let you question me anymore. You, you keep doing it, yeah. but okay, I concur, <laughs> Chris. I'm going to go back and listen to those episodes. I swear you mentioned the the Famali uh, thing. You, you probably did because they, they, they he meant she feel it. men mentions it as well that they're both yeah. females. So yeah, so. Um, you know, the, the chapter ends with, with Perrin, you know, going down below and thinking men why <laughs> have to go see things. Going down below. Going down below. Yeah. So what do you think about the Falcon, uh, you know, Fail? Um, your initial thoughts about Fail? Uh, do you think she's going to be a, a character that's going to stick around for a while? Or do you think, uh, you know, or, or where do you think this is going? She's fun. I think that she's one that'll be around for a little while. I hope so. Um, If not her, somebody... Well, hopefully her. I'll I'll say this. Parent of all of our male characters that kind of started early on, so we're saying Parent, Matt, Rand. As of right now... I actually feel like Perrin is the most uh, stable. No. Oh gosh. You're not going to like me, Chris, when I say this, Perrin is the most chauvinistic, the most, uh, what is the male focused word? Like, I don't even, I mean, he's egocentric. I mean, so misogynistic, all of those words that people throw out these days. So like, normally I don't apply those. I'm, I'm not so like this person is, blah, 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 but like I'm getting hints from him. Cause even now he runs into this girl and he's like, girls can't do this. Girls can't do that. Girls can't do this. And 
I know it was written years before, but he's doubting things about women that I've no- I've known from the day I was born because I mean I, I got I got a I got a mom that could shoot as good as my dad. I you know, I I learned a lot of things from her that are traditional male qualities. Like I've just in my life I've had a lot of females teach me things that a lot of people might assume are male dominated qualities if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh and a parent has i don't know we've had this strong masculine big buff kind of physical characteristic painted about him which seems to be true and then recently when we've dabbled in his mind He's done the, but you're a girl, but I'm stronger than you, but I'm this, and I don't know. I just, I feel like he needs a character like her to round him off. Like, he needs to run into somebody like her to challenge his beliefs, to make him understand there's more than what he learned in his early onset years. Am I... Am I way off? If I'm if I'm way off, I've got more. <laughs> Do we have time yeah, for I, more? I, I think oh, you've yeah. kind of hit a lot of it nail on the head. I mean, we, we don't know what role she's going to play, but we do feel like she's going to play a larger one in helping the development of parent. I mean, we kind of gather that from men's, you know, what do you, you can't really call them premonitions, but from her visions. So, I guess we'll find out in three or four books. Yeah. And he, um, yeah. I mean, we all, I mean, every party, potty has, potty. <laughs> every party has, like, that person who's, like, the sleight of hand, thief-type, knife-wielding badass. And so we're kind of rounding out our party. So that means something big's about to happen to the group, too. Yeah. Anything we miss from these chapters or? Yes. Okay. Loyal, but it's coming in a bonus episode. Y'all don't even, <laughs> y'all don't even know. We've talked about parent being a douche. We've talked about parent. Well, I did. We've talked about parent this, parent that, parent this. These are not parent chapters. Okay. If you read these and you thought it was about parent, Read it again. These are loyal chapters. Coming yeah. at you on the bonus episode. There you go. It's about to go down. That sounds good. Are you, are, is Loyal going to be on the bonus episode the entire time? Loyal! Hey! <laughs> Hold on. He's in the other Oh, he's opening the door. Hold on. Yeah, no, my bad. Yeah, yeah. No, put the book down. We don't want you to read to us. I don't want you to. Come here. Yeah. Hey, so we're talking about bringing you on a bonus episode. And like, if you were going to be on one, what do you like? I'll leave it to you. Cause I know you don't like the fame and the mic. The mic's so small. You're so big, but what do you want to talk about? No, you gotta at the mic talk. Mm, I'll, I'll talk about, uh, <clears throat> Taviran. And um, <laughs> what the Tavirans do to people that are not Tavirin. 
So most do you focus on Taviran? Yes. Thank you. All right, yeah, Loyal, I, I could I could have done that myself. I'm glad you came out here. <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't even know why I wake him up anymore. Yeah. He doesn't even pay rent. It's fucking it's, it's horrible. Yeah. So anything else besides Loyal that we missed in this chapter? And also Fayel showing her, her cool knife tricks. We did we mentioned we did mention that. Yeah, I, I stated she was like knife wielding, but we really didn't go yeah. over it. She, I want to know who taught her. Like, I do have questions about her. Like, she mentioned her background. Her, her background. She mentions her father, but nothing more has been brought up about her. And I just have the impression that we're gonna get a bunch of parents getting to know her. So maybe this is a potential parent spouse that we kind of overlooked. I don't know. There, there's that. Okay. Maybe why not? Sure. All right. So, favorite characters from this chapter are these chapters? Hold on, hold oh. on. Yeah. Delayed reaction because yeah. alcohol. She has some knife skills, right? Like some shing yeah, shing, like shing, shing, shing. And oh, damn it! Wait, you said yeah, but then what did you say? Like Tom. Like Tom. No, he stole it. That one arrived. He stole it. He he threw it in there. But that's where I was going. I swear that's what I <laughs> Again, I'm not I don't I'm not saying I'm making the connection. Maybe Tom sings so deeply about people chasing the gosh darn horn in the past because maybe he's done it before. Maybe he was a hunter. Maybe he has I don't know, fuck. There's just so much about Tom I still don't know, but I made that brief connection, slinging blades. Yeah, close the sad island. I'm not giving so them. Favorite, I'm not. I'm not favorite, gonna favorite favorite characters. That's where we're at. I like Miss Falcon. I feel with her. Okay. Uh, we got a new character. Let me see if I can <laughs> relate to her and get people excited oh, yeah. about it. <laughs> Let me ask you. Hold on, Chris. Perrin's actually my favorite character, but Perrin's always well, we, my favorite character. He's your all-time so far. We're not asking you to change your all-time. Just for these chapters. But in these chapters, who gave you feels? Loyal. And, <gasps> well, I, I'm not going to steal your thunder. I mean, I love the Ioman, like in his his sweet moves. Goal like, is awesome. <laughs> I know Goal's coming back. I know he's gonna work with Perrin, and I know they're gonna do something big. But that's what she the said. fact <laughs> the fact that she leaped bounds just to hop on a boat and took this chance and like I have this thought in my mind and I'll put it out there. Eventually I'm gonna have a child and I want my first child to be a girl. And I wanted to be a tomboy, and I wanted to be bold and daring. And so I always find that character, like in Game of Thrones, it was Arya. Like from day one, that was my favorite character. And, you know, I'm looking for my favorite female character in this book. And she may be the answer. Okay. 
Ian, favorite character? She may die in another two chapters. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> favorite character. The fact that so all right, well, I should ask before I judge. Alan. Mm-hmm. Who's my favorite character of these chapters? Who's who who, who would I pick for you? Who is my right. favorite who's your character favorite? of Oil? these chapters? Yeah. Why are we even okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. everybody well, else is doing shit. I get it. Everybody else yeah. is yeah. I'm doing stuff. I have stuff that I'm doing. The shit that I'm doing is so cool. But the story's doing cool shit as I'm in it. But Loyal is watching and he's appreciating and hardwood. Loyal's having a good ass time. And he's yes. Loyal got yeah. the best presents of these chapters like loyal was given gifts that don't exist that like anywhere in his world like all the people he knows all of his people all of his ogier people it's not just that oh like it's not just that loyal would appreciate the bed he was given every fucking ogier out there would appreciate every ogier in existence would look at this bed outside of a steading outside of whatever and appreciate this is fucking unique and nobody else gave a shit but he he knew it was important uh, i'm just i don't know how are these how are these not loyal chapters yeah why did we talk about anything else yeah. you so you all should unsubscribe at this point we have failed because we <laughs> talked about everything but loyal but on these chapters we'll do a bonus episode so that's what that's for that's what we do, we do some i'm nudging alan it's gonna happen we're gonna have a loyal yeah, time face to face sounds good christian coming happen. too we're gonna do it all right so all right sounds good um one to fifty one. so I know I normally have stopped doing next chapters, but since Chris was talking about his favorite woman, um, uh, looking for his favorite woman in these books, being maybe Fael, the next chapter, I mean, we're doing two chapters next week, but the next chapter is called Daughter of the Night. Oh. Which is uh, maybe a hit to one of Ian's favorite female characters. Uh, uh, my <laughs> current, well, I mean, I guess future wife, we've, Future like wife. we're engaged, my my fiance, <laughs> fiance is my fiance, and the other one's fires a Kyrian. But um, yeah, daughter of the night's our next. Uh, well, our next that's the fires follow engagement. One. I mean, it's, just kidding, Chris. You're gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right. Yeah. Fires a Kyrian. Okay. Fires a Kyrian. Yeah. So yeah, so that's what we're doing next week. Um, anything else for the good of cause before I kind of wrap it up? Nope. No. All right. How we can be found at the Wheel Reads on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, also, the Wheel Reads at gmail.com is our email address. Feel free, www.thewheelreads.com. That's our website. You can also find links to our merchandise there. Um, go buy some stuff. We just did a giveaway. If you didn't win the giveaway, you can still get it. It's just a matter of buying it yourself. Um, we, like I said, we will continue to do giveaways, but uh, if you don't feel like waiting to win, and you might not win because it's random, um, we can you can always just uh, uh, go buy it yourself. Um, also, <laughs> if you want to support, <laughs> that's one way to support us as through merch. Uh, another way to support us is through Patreon. Um, Patreon's a great way to support us. We get new Patreons all the time. We love you guys. You guys rock. Um, 
and consider that uh, you get to listen to us live and listen to all the crap that we cut out, um, <laughs> which there's a lot of it and it's still gold. It just, for whatever reason, doesn't make the episode. Um, and then um, uh, uh, discord. Yeah. Join that. It's fun. Uh, we have a large discord server. Um, I, I don't know how big discord servers get. I mean, I've seen some that are gigantic that aren't real time related. That's what but she for said. Real- yeah. Oh. Uh, so uh yeah, think about joining Discord. It's fun. Uh we got new readers in there all the time posting on whatever book they're reading through. It's fun to follow along with them. It's also fun just to interact in all the different channels we have. So think about joining. Um I just I need to be more active there. I've been been slacking off as far as I used to post a whole lot more on Discord and, and be more active and, and, and hang out and voice chat more. But life gotten has gotten busy again, which is Weird. Do, like, do life get, first and then come back and tell us about it. We all fucking love that shit. I That's know, what makes yeah. this community great. People will dip out in yeah. life and then they'll come back and tell us about life. And, and uh, then we all yeah. get to enjoy it. In the, in the glory days when we first started this podcast, uh, it, was, it was pre-COVID and then COVID happened. And then their Discord really blew up because we would stay up all night long talking because we didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> um but now things have gotten busy again. But um, yeah, I'm hoping to do more of that um, and in the future and just kind of hang out with everybody. But yeah, so that's a great way to support us. Just listen to us. Um, if you feel like you want to mon- monetarily support us, like I said, merch and Patreon, the best ways. Other than that, like, subscribe, share us with your friends. Um, anybody looking to get into the books, we're a great companion podcast. Um, but yeah, that's about all I got for this week. You guys? Until next time. Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time.